broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas. It's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Okay, can everybody hear us? Are we there? <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, hello, guys, and welcome to episode 33 of the Arcade Repair Tips Live show for November 2019. My name is Jonathan Leung, the producer, director, and editor of the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me today, as always, is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself, Tim Peterson. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing good, John. Just freezing out here in Texas. Yeah, so we've had a 20 degree drop in temperature over the last like 12 hours. Yeah, the temperature looked like it saw a highway trooper and and hit the brakes. <laughs> so it's getting cold, but not only that, Tim, it is going to continue to drop, and tomorrow night is going to be really cold for all of those high school football fans. Oh so, wow! Uh, so you guys, if you're in our area. It's cold right now, but you know, cold is relative, Tim, because you know, I talk to people in Colorado as part of my actual full-time yeah. job, and it's snowing there. They've, so. been they've had snow. So. Exactly. So, I mean, as far as it is here, it is cold for Texas, but where you are, it may be colder. So, Tim, what is cold for us? Like 32, 28, yeah. oh, something yeah. like that? 40. Uh, you're right, exactly. I go up <laughs> to, um, you know, like uh, Pennsylvania, Tim. We're talking about like negative four right. sometimes. Well, so. when it was 68 yesterday. Right, that you is know, true. That's the difference, you know. Exactly. Like, so big temperature changes around here. But hopefully wherever you are, the weather is nice and pleasant or you're inside enjoying it and watching the live show with us. And thank you for joining us tonight. Now, we do want to remind people that you can interact with the show via the live chat. Tim, and we already have a couple of live chat messages in here. Uh, let's see what we have here. Jason uh, Steverson says, hey, guys, go LSU. So there right. you go. Aren't they playing Alabama this week? Yeah, I think there's some some kind of game. Okay. I don't know. Right. <laughs> okay, there's something going on Saturday. I was about to say you're an OU fan. And, well, but we all, I think, all the college football fans know that there's a big game this weekend. Right. right. So Edward says, "Hello guys, I'm back. I'm doing better since my open heart surgery. Had to go back in for another surgery, but I'm doing better." So awesome. Edward, we always like to hear that people are doing well and that they're making quick recoveries from surgeries, especially. So. Um, let's see. Jason says, well, Ed, praying for you, speedy recovery. That's nice. Let's see. Greg says, glad you're doing better. You see, guys, this is a community here, right? right. <laughs> so we're all here. Obviously, Tim, we're all bound by our love of arcade games, but we also are a brotherhood unto ourselves, right? right. So uh, let's see what else we have here. Um, Seahorses at Night says, you guys rule like Hulk. There you <laughs> go. Thank you for that. Uh, Greg says it's 76 there. Wow. So there you go. Much warmer than it was here yesterday, which is right. surprising. And then Justice says, well, I'm finally catching the live show. I've been listening to the podcast for years. Thank you, Justice, for being here. And we always love to have people here for the live show because that is the fun part of it, Tim, is interacting with you guys during the show. So, that it is. But, Tim, before we get into any of the arcade-related stuff, I do want to talk about two things in particular. Uh, one of the things is that we did release a new video that was kind of totally unrelated to arcade games. Right. But this was... Tim's thing, and so um, this video, Tim showed me when it happened. Right. And several years ago. Several years ago, I think 2014 is what the video okay. says on it. 2014. So what? Five years ago now. Wow. So, uh, but basically, we called it Tim's Spooky Encounter. Okay. And mm -hmm. it, and do you want to summarize it for people who haven't seen it, Tim? Yeah. If you haven't seen the video, basically, I was just at work having a normal day, and I felt uh, an eerie sensation, or like almost like something had just come like that, that chill you get down your spine and i didn't think much about it and uh but i, I just kind of couldn't get away from it so i 
went and looked at the security camera and rolled back the tape, and the video is a video of me shooting a video of the video. Does that make sense? So I'm videoing what I saw, and uh, it was a little eerie to me, and I thought maybe, um, you know, it could be a ghost, could be something else. Um, I remember showing it to my employer, and they're like, oh, it's just dust on the lens on the camera, and I'm like, okay, it didn't really seem like it, and they're like, I said, you sure? And they're like, no, we're not sure, but... Um, they didn't really want to have much to do with it. They wouldn't let me post it. So, But since I'm no longer working for them, and it is my video, we decided <laughs> to post it. And we kind of did it around Halloween just to have some fun with it. Sure. Now, Tim, there's been a lot of feedback on your video. Okay. And I will say the consensus is that it was a bug or an insect that was too close to the lens. But to me, the fact that you felt something, you didn't just pick the video just right. to pick the video. I didn't right? just go, hey, I wonder what I look like on camera. I, the only reason why I even looked at it was because I had this eerie feeling and just kind of got creeped out a little bit. So, so, and that's when you rolled back the video and you right. saw what you saw. So, I don't know. It could have been a bug or insect <laughs> too close to the camera. That is a plausible, I think, something plausible if we're talking Mythbusters sure. style here. Um, but it may have been something else. I don't it know. You can watch the video if you haven't already and chime in for yourself and let us know what you think. It is on our YouTube channel, so you can go watch it real quick and see. Right. Um, let's see. You can um, Google search Tim Spooky Encounter. There you and go. Come exactly. Um, Seahorses and Night says it was a video of Billy Mitchell cheating at video games. So, okay. they, <laughs> so uh, that could have been it as well. You yeah, just it kind of slithered out, didn't he? Yeah, didn't exactly. Wanna... You know how it is. So, <clears throat> but uh, Tim, that was one thing that we kind of released right near Halloween. Uh, so what was that? Only a week ago now. Right. So did you have a good Halloween then? Going it into was, that. Well, I I worked and everybody uh, told me. And Michael, if you're in the chat, you lied. But um, no, everybody told me, uh, Michael, who used to work for Mr. Gaddy's, he fills me in on a lot of stuff. He's probably in here. But a lot of people told me, be prepared. Halloween is one of the slowest nights of the year. Don't schedule many people because everybody's out trick-or-treating. You're not eating and playing games. You still got to eat. Total opposite. Really? We we were busy. Like, even busier if I'd have had a full crew there, we would have been busy. We were way busier than I thought we would be. Lots of people, like you said, had to eat. And since Mr. Gaddy's is a buffet and it's fast, they could come eat real quick and then go trick-or-treating. Or we had some people go trick-or-treating, then come in and eat. And sure. then we had a lot of people just come in probably because they didn't want trick-or-treaters at their house. Right. So they just kind of came in and hung out. I don't know what happened. Oh, next year I'll be prepared. We were really busy. Were you understaffed? Yeah, we were understaffed, which made it even worse because we thought it's going to be dead. There's not going to be much going on. I mean, we had like four people on the clock, but, and it was the right four people, the kind of people that could do two or three jobs and really hustle. I was, I was sweating when I got through and we handled everything just fine. And I think everybody had a good time and kids play games, had fun. But uh, next year, I think that we may actually, you know, because they were even telling me, don't do a much of a promotion. Just because, just know that's going to be one of your slowest days. Don't fight it. Don't worry about it. Man, total opposite. I thought next year we should probably really, if we're going to have people there, we might as well have a, a costume contest or something fun out of it. Absolutely. So maybe, but this was our first Halloween. Uh, we're just now uh, fixing to hit our one-year mark, so 
won't be long. I'll, oh, I remember last Christmas, or I remember last. We actually opened right after Thanksgiving on December 3rd, so almost a year. Wow, it's hard to believe. It Plus. has definitely been a year since I made the announcement that I was go- leaving Chuck E. Cheese and going to Gaddy's. Right, exactly. So, very interesting. Almost a year. So, by the next time we have our live show, we'll it will be in a year. So, there you go. But that's exciting, Tim. Yeah. Here. Now, I got my coupons the other day for oh, you guys, so I'm going to have to go up there. Um, you know, I've been telling myself I need to go up there. And it's not far from my house, I should say right. that. But I just, we get so busy with things, you know how it is. You got the three ninety nine buffet coupon. I and did get the, the three ninety nine buffet. Platinum upgrade Party uh, eight, pack. $80 right, so. off. Yeah. So, so it, it had some good stuff uh-huh, yeah. on it. So definitely going to have to do that. Now, <clears throat> Tim, usually, speaking of Mr. Gaddy's, usually okay. I would probably save this for the after show, but I thought we'd throw it here at the front just to have some fun and to let people hear. Here's the deal. You got to be on terrestrial radio. Yeah, it's what I call actual radio. <laughs> right, um, we've done the a radio podcast. Station. Right, we've we've done podcasts for years, but you have a you have three commercials running right now on a local on local radio stations. Um, two local radio stations. Yes. right? ninety two one, which is our sports station, and I think um, what's the, the talk the station? Talk too? news radio ninety seven something. Uh, ninety seven five. Ninety seven five. So we've got some uh, actual audio radio commercials that are playing okay. right now, and you actually sent them over to me. Okay. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to play them. Oh, boy. Okay. okay. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to let people listen and see what they think. So uh, now there are three different spots, and it sounds like they got a professional voiceover woman to do most of it, but you're in there as well on each of them kind of talking about specific things about Mr. Gaddy's, right? Yes. Okay, so um, this first spot here is 12 Big Screens Okay, is what it's called, so I'll play that one first. Love pizza? Love sports? Mr. Gaddy's $7.99 Buffet comes with 12 big screen TVs and all the big games. There's 12 TVs all around, so whatever team you're following, we'll make sure that we turn it on there for you in, in your area that you sit in. Tim Peterson is the general manager at Mr. Gaddy's in Tyler. You don't have to miss the game just because you want to go out and eat with your family. The kids can go play. Uh, we also have beer and wine. Mr. Gaddy's has so much more than pizza. There's a full pasta station where we have spaghetti, macaroni and cheese. We have homestyle green beans, corn. We do offer all-you-can-eat salad, which is a little cheaper than our buffet price. Then we have a dessert bar. Enjoy hot, fresh pizza, pasta, salad, or dessert while you watch your favorite team on one of 12 big screens. It's only at Mr. Gaddy's Pizza in Tyler's French Quarter Shopping Center on South Broadway. See them online at gaddyspizza.com. Gaddy'sPizza.com. So there's the first one. Yeah. I okay. didn't even meet her. <laughs> I doubt that the radio people yeah. met her. I mean, I don't know who except via email. But um, I thought it came off good. So that one you're kind of talking, about, talking about how about you guys the... have some screens and that uh, you don't have to miss the game. You come eat there and right. everything like that. And so it works out pretty well. Well, it's, it's, um, there's specific things we're targeting. One is, uh, a lot of people don't like to go to Chuck E. Cheese anyway, but they certainly don't like to go when the game is on because the game's not on. Right. So they, the dads miss the game and they have to be stuck there at the noisy kids' place. This way, where they come with us, we usually we put all as many different games on as we can. Or if uh, we got a lot of, say, LSU, Alabama will be a huge game. We'll probably play that on Almost all of them Saturday, so that'll be fun. Exactly. Okay, so I'm going to play the next spot here. Uh, this one is, it says plenty of times. Okay. Okay, so here's this one. 
Short on time for lunch? You have plenty of time at Mr. Gaddy's. A lot of people don't have an hour for lunch. Tim Peterson is the general manager at Mr. Gaddy's in Tyler. One thing, it's it's already ready when you get there. I think it's neat that you can walk right in within a minute you can be eating food. Uh, the pizza's ready. We'll have it hot and fresh and lots of different kinds. We're not fast food. We're good food that's ready. Mr. Gaddy's has so much more than pizza. We have a full service salad bar, which is actually double what most people People have so some people come in just because they eat salads you go around the corner and there's a full pasta station where we have home style green beans corn then you have all your pizzas and uh, that's where we talk about the variety that we can offer in pizzas and then we have a f- dessert bar on a busy workday, get lunch fast hot and ready to eat for just $7.99 at mr gaddy's pizza mr gaddy's is in tyler's french quarter shopping center on south broadway See them online at gaddyspizza.com. Gaddyspizza.com. So that one you're kind of targeting the lunch crowd? Yes, because of the fact that, uh, uh, well, it, we took the food truck to a couple places because they only had a 30-minute lunch. Sure. And I thought, and where they were, I was thinking, how do you get anywhere in 30 minutes? Sure. You know, you can't even go through McDonald's drive-thru. So if you had 30 minutes or an hour, what, even then it's pushing it a lot of times. Uh, so we say our food's already ready. So you don't have to go in and wait and order and, and the food is there. So you can get in there and eat and get out quick. And we do have a lot of people that come in just for lunch real quick. They so, got already ready. Already ready. Already ready. It's not fast food. <laughs> it's good food good fast. fast. All right, good, good, food good, fast. Good, good food fast. Or what'd you say? Good food that's ready. Yeah. Good food that's ready. There we go. Something okay, like we're going to play this last one. I promise, guys. Uh, they're only a minute each, even though they seem a little longer than that. Yeah, especially right? when so, you're just sitting here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So this one is Two Can Dine, Tim. Right. So we're going to play this one real quick. Hungry? Too tired to cook? No problem. At Mr. Gaddy's and Tyler, two can dine for nine ninety nine, And that includes two buffets, all you can eat, and then all you have to do is pay for your drinks if you want a drink. Tim Peterson is the general manager at Mr. Gaddy's and Tyler. Kids under three are free. Every Wednesday, it's kids eat free with a paid adult. Don't see what you want on Mr. Gaddy's Pizza Buffet? No problem. Just tell them what you want and they'll make it for you. In our rotation, we make some of the best Gaddy's pizzas, but one of our favorite things is to take requests. If we have the ingredients and you like it, we'll make it. We love to load up pizzas with what you actually like on a pizza. For a limited time, two can dine for just $9.99. Hot, fresh pizza, pasta, salad, and dessert, all for one low price. But only at Mr. Gaddy's Pizza in Tyler's French Quarter Shopping Center on South Broadway. See them online at gaddyspizza.com. Gaddy'sPizza.com. So there we go. So obviously there you're doing a promotion for two can dine for basically 10 bucks. Yeah, that, that one has actually been the most popular. More people ask about it or they'll say, hey, I heard you on the radio uh, because it rhymes. That's a two can dine for nine ninety nine. Sure. And uh, people seem to really like that. It's a special that we do Monday through Thursday. Although the commercial does not say that. So I've had to give some Major out on the weekends. Right, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> on the weekends because of that. But right. anyway, we've had a, a lot of fun. It was really different when I sh- uh, we were talking one day, and he was talking about some new radio spots. And I was just talking to him, and he goes, man, he goes, He's, he's like, you seem like a natural at this. I'm like, well, you know, we do a radio live show. We've shot a lot of videos. I'm not that new at it. And he was like, well, you should just come in. We'll just shoot a commercial. So we go in, and I get mic'd up, and he's telling me how it's going to go. And I thought to myself, he said, 
Now let's practice and get you see how it how it goes. The whole time he's just recording me. That literally took about three or four minutes. I didn't say much more than that, and then they mixed it in just right. Sure. And I was like, he was like, okay, we're done. I'm like, oh, I didn't. I thought I didn't even know we'd gotten started yet. (laughs) But I thought they did a pretty good job of uh, making me sound better than than I than I did. Yeah, I don't mix you that well. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You you get the um. We we don't we don't we have. We do more errors and stuff. That's we just right. roll with the punches. When you're doing it live, it's exactly. a lot different story. So that was quite an experience, and uh, it was a little fun. Well, there you go. Well, I just thought it was cool, so we played at the beginning of the show. Sorry if it took off some time, guys, but Tim is now on the radio. You can hear him here, here locally <laughs> in East Texas. Uh, but uh, I go think to ktbb.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, there you go, ktbb.com. But anyway, so Tim is on the radio. You may hear him on there if you're in the area. So uh, obviously promoting Mr. Gaddy's Pizza. So And uh, just... Justice says, okay, now I'm hungry. So they you know, <laughs> made somebody hungry. That's what it's designed for, right? And Headless Horseman says, I know that guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see. Danny says, nice seeing you guys again. Nice to see you too, Danny. Uh, we had a couple of temperature um, uh, updates here Okay. Too. Let's see. 82 in St. Petersburg. Wow. And th- and that's Florida, of course. Of course. And then we have 35 in Detroit. So okay. <laughs> there you go. So we got the whole gamut of temperatures here tonight for the live show. But, Tim, I think we've covered enough of the pre-live show stuff. Yeah, let's let's go ahead show. and move into uh-huh. some questions, guys. And sorry for it taking so long tonight. Now, Tim, this first one's kind of a follow-up, and so I really didn't prepare like an after slide or anything, but I just thought you'd give some of your input on this. And this was from Greg, and uh, I'm going to throw this up here real quick. Uh, Greg says, I'm still looking at using the laminate that you suggested. Now, if you remember, Tim, Greg had um, asked some questions about uh, laminate vinyl and vinyl. Right, uh-huh. exactly, from the last live show. He says, I currently put full vinyl graphic side art over the MDF directly after a good sand and not cut out stickers over laminate. I'm wondering if the better option is to use the black laminate as suggested and cut out vinyl stickers when I can or to do a full scale sticker over the whole laminate as some arcades aren't always black on sides as a base. This option would be more expensive though and timely. Uh, I, I think time-consuming is probably yeah. meant there, Tim. There are some issues with full-scale vinyls over wood directly, even when you sand and clean well. Right. Now, Tim, before we move on to the second part of Greg's follow-up here, what do you think about what he's doing now with the vinyl over the MDF, <sighs> and maybe instead of doing that, going with a laminate over and then putting well, the, the vinyl, vinyl is going to show any imperfection, and that's one thing about doing the laminate; it gives you a clean surface to start with. So even if you do go vinyl over laminate, you won't get and see every crack in the wood or every nail or screw hole, stuff like that. I think he goes on to talk about that. He doesn't because part. we'll talk um, about that in a sec. Because you know it's just going to show up. Now one of the reasons we did it on a Tron, and you think about it, Tron does have that black background, right? And it kept us from painting it. Uh, I would think of games like Galaga and stuff, or if you're doing a sixty and one. I think that would be fine, but I guess it depends on the game. If you were doing Centipede, it probably something wouldn't. Like look, you would art. need the full side art that probably would be better to do it that way. Now, something we should mention too is that you can get laminate in different colors. You don't have right. to do the black. No, um, pretty much any kind of. I mean, we use countertop laminate like we've talked about before. And what's one of the most common colors of countertop laminate? Well, white. White. So you could technically use white, and white may be a better base if you're going to put vinyl graphics over. But it. one of the things about it, the sticker just goes over that laminate so easy. We don't hardly have any bubbles. If you watch the video. 
that made it so much better than wood. And I, it seems like to me, as much sanding, priming, paint, you and can filling. and filling, you can just cover up. You can even have a hole in your cabinet and laminate right over that hole. Exactly. So that's my opinion. You know, it's a little bit easier if you got the time to do both and you really want that pretty side art job, the laminate actually helps in that. Okay, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and continue on with Greg here. Another question. <laughs> I currently drill and countersink my screws from the outside in, which means I would fill and then sand again. One of the problems with going right over the wood with vinyls, because I can kind of see the holes through the vinyl, even though I fill them. Right. Can you link to a video that shows how to, and this is a separate question to this, uh -huh. Tim. Can, uh, so before we go there, I mean, obviously this is the problem with just doing the MDF and Tim, the way he's assembling the cabinet, too, is that he's coming from the outside in on the screws. And so by doing that, he's countersinking them, which means he does have a bit of an indent mm -hmm. right over that screw, which he tries to fill. But trying to get the consistency with that, even with sanding and then putting vinyl graphics on, you really have to have a smooth surface for those vinyl graphics to, to, uh, right. to display. They're going them. to show every little, any piece of dirt, anything they're going to show... So that's one reason why the laminate really helps. There you go. So let me go uh, with the second part of the question. Can you link to a video that shows how to bracket the inside and screw all the cross pieces from the inside? These snap together kits use the cam locks, which I'm not doing that. Unfortunately, woodworking isn't my strong point, and I'm more joysticks, controls, encoders, and the processor stuff. Hard to be a pro at both of it. And Tim, this is um, obviously, uh, what he wants to try to do is instead of coming from the outside in with mm -hmm. the screws, he wants to try to bracket on the inside. Mm -hmm. Now, Tim, we've seen a lot of cabinets where what they've done is they've cut like basically an indent like in the bottom. Right. Where like it's the like piece routed. kind of slides in. Right. It's routed along the sides. And you put it in. Right. So you could do maybe in a, a routing in certain places right. and then and then I would just say, sink it in if like you that. can do it that good, you probably don't, You then you probably work for a cabinet shopper you should. Sure. If you're that good. Right. I mean, because it's tough to do. Right. So you could actually take it to a cabinet shop and have somebody do those cuts for you. Some of them may not charge too much. But, no, Tim, couldn't you just do but this you with, could I mean, with do a standard... some L brackets and some stuff. Right, but couldn't you do it with a standard router if you had a routing bit and just You and could. Just it? The problem is still getting that wood up in there. You So what you're going to do is you're going to put the sides together around the middle. Right. And or one side build it and then push the other side in, so that is a, a little practice, and you could probably get that down good enough. But again, you're talking pretty skilled to still be able to do that. So um, if you really want a professional job, you might have to leave that one to the professionals. Now you mentioned L brackets. Obviously, that's kind of a quick solution, Tim. Yeah. But the problem with L brackets is that you can't use very long screws because you can basically only you have to use about what, a quarter of an inch shorter than what the thickness of your cabinet is. Right. So if you have like a one inch thin cabinet, you're looking at three quarter inch screws that you can put in, which are pretty, pretty, pretty deep still. Right. I would still use some wood glue and some other, other methods too with that. So basically wood glue it, then screw it in to make sure that it holds together. Like, I mean, we see this in like mispack cabinets, Tim, where they put kind of like that little, almost like quarter round looking stuff. They'll put yes. it in the corners and they'll wood glue it and then they'll staple or glue 
blue for yes, that. Yes, a lot of staples. <laughs> right, so you could do something like that on the inside. Um, that may be one way to, to handle it. But putting like the little square, kind of like a little square, like one by one, or even half by half inch by half inch in the corners and along where the connections are, and putting the wood glue there with screws may help as well. Maybe. But um, it's doing it from the um, inside is tougher than doing it, obviously, from the outside in. Because mm-hmm. doing it from the outside in is easier. Even on commercial arcade one-up cabinets, like we talked oh, yeah. about, Tim, there are holes on the outside of these cabinets. Right. And so it's not something that, that's obviously... Yeah, I wouldn't feel bad or, or... That big a deal. Or, or you know, you might notice it, but most people aren't going to notice that right. much anyway or think anything about it. Right, exactly. But the laminate would help a lot, I think, with that. Yeah. So if you were going to continue to use the outside in um, in the screwing of your cabinet together, then if you laminate over it, you're going to get a smooth surface right off the bat. Right. Which and, will allow you to play. And uh, I don't know um, where you could buy this. I'm sure you can buy it at a uh, like a, some hardware stores and stuff. But I know the if you're familiar with games like Slam a Winner and stuff made by Benchmark. They love to use, they screw their screws in. They all use a cap. ICE games have these caps, too, that they pop over. You can go and buy them from them. And uh, they actually just look like, so your screw holes are on the outside and you have a little cap. You've seen them on games where little looks like a little thing and a little plastic piece and it yeah. pops on there. And it usually has a, a wedge inside because it fits right in the hole of your uh, screw head. And uh, those are fine too, and those look, you know, kind of like on, little bu- bullets around there. Say, but, we see that on consumer electronics too, Tim. Where, yeah, you know, it's like to cover up the the holes. They'll, they'll I'm sure you like can get that on goes get those on Amazon or somewhere. But that's another method that just kind of pretties it up a little bit without seeing those screw holes. But then you do have the dots around but i don't think any most stuff just goes together like that there you go now so tim we really don't have a video as far as putting <clears throat> the cabinet together without coming outside in but i mean using l brackets wood glue and like we said um even um little um you know corner pieces that, where you're going to connect the cabinet together and screwing it on both sides with wood glue can help you out a lot with that and that's how we see cabinets put together tim yes so there you go so hopefully that helps and i mean you know if you have any other questions there greg let us know and we'll help you out with them um but tim i do think the laminate would make a world of difference in the smoothness of the cabinet and being able to apply the vinyl graphics. Right. So there we go. Okay, so I'm going to check the uh, the live chat here. Um, let's see. Jason says, got to get over to Gaddy soon. Uh-huh. So there you go. Everybody's talking about Mr. Gaddy's. Uh, let's see. You can use vertical grade laminate. It's way thinner than countertop laminate. Okay. So that I've heard of that before. That's another, another way to go. And, you know, it just depends on what your preference is. We use countertop at one point, just because it was readily Look available. It, yeah. Exactly. It's readily available. You go down to the store and get it. It's not as available as it used to be. So mm-hmm. vertical laminate may be a better option for you going forward. Headless Horseman says, My friend wants to get a Simpsons or a Turtles for his daughter. I'm curious if Konami cabinets are different wiring-wise compared to other four-player cabinets. We're thinking of getting some other type of four-players and converting it to a Turtles or Simpsons. Uh, as both those games are more expensive. Yeah, so that's the best way to go about it is probably to buy a cheaper four-player game and convert it. Now, mm-hmm. they both use JAMA, Simpsons, right. and Tur- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with kick harnesses. Right. Okay, and I say kick harnesses. There's usually a kick harness for the third player and a kick harness for the fourth player. And so those wiring harnesses should be available from Arcade Shop and many other arcade parts re- retailers, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, that's going to be the cheaper way for you to go. If you buy a fully done up like turtles in time or teenage Mutant ninja turtles tim i mean you're looking over 1200 dollars easy wow and maybe more depending now here's the deal 
Arcade One Up has a Turtles. You can go down to Walmart. You can buy it. Um, it's smaller. It's shorter. And I know that may not sound like the best solution, but guess what else it is, Tim? It's cheaper. Cheaper. Well, That's right. right. It is cheaper as well. And so I have seen one. You can get four people around it. It's very tight, uh-huh. but it is possible. So you can get four people around that. And if it's four kids, Tim, yeah. I would say that it's probably okay. I think that does come with the riser, though. Okay. So I believe, because it's, it's also a $400 cabinet. So I do believe for the $400, you get the riser as well with that. So uh, that's another option for you. And Tim, the Arcade 1-Up plays both Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Turtles in Time. You get both the games with it. Nice. Um, But that's the cheap route to go. Of course, if you're looking at doing it the traditional commercial arcade way, Tim, then what you'd want to do is you'd want to probably buy a four-player cabinet of some sort that was a little bit cheaper and then put the board in there that you're looking for. So. Let's see. Eric says, what is the name of the original ball joysticks on a Contra Konami or a Konami Contra? Um, you know, Wicco made no, a lot Wico, of, I was yeah. about to say, Wicco made a lot of ball joysticks in the past. I don't know if Wicco was used on those in particular, but Tim, there's a lot of companies that still make ball joysticks, including Suzo Hap, if, uh-huh. if that's what you're looking for. Um, but Wicco was the one that most people remember. And I know that some companies make... I'll say replacement. I don't think they're as good as the original Wickos, but they make replacement joysticks that will fit, um, like, turtles and stuff for the ball-top joysticks. Um, Obviously, though, Suzo Hap does have ball-top joysticks still, but if you're looking for different colors and things, um, there may be some other retailers that will offer more colors and things like that. So I'm not off the top of my head. I can't remember any of those, but I believe um, most of the original ball-top joysticks that we see, Tim, are Wicko. Yeah, as far as I remember, that's what so. first thought come to my mind was Wicco joysticks, W-I-C-O. That's right. Uh, and Wicco also made uh, generic control panel overlays that are really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or really terribly yeah. bad, depending on how you look at it. Um, actually, the uh, fun fact about Tim, who used to have a centipede, you right. had a Wicco... Still have it. Or was it a Willis? A Willis. It was a Willis um, control panel overlay. Right. Yeah. Which, the Willis control panel overlay was better, in my I opinion, than the, uh, than the original Atari for some reason. I, I liked it. I like it better still. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Some of these generic ones are, are better. John says, hi from Chicago. Hello, Jones. Let's see. He says, what do you guys think of that Tron stick for the 1-Up? So, um, I've seen the Tron stick. I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. So, there's a Tron stick for the 1-Up games. And it looks like it works fine. Um, I think it's the same size. So, it's like actual size. And you can install it on your arcade 1-Up cabinet. I mean, that's what it's designed for. Uh But I don't know if it would work as a replacement for the arcade. I think the wiring is USB. So, if you were wanting to do a MAME-style Tron, I think it would be perfect. But I don't know if you could wire it up to a Tron board. I'd have to take a look at it just to see. But I, I hmm. do believe it's USB powered because a lot of those, Tim, a lot of the arcade one-up parts it are be. because they, um, the interface was Raspberry Pi. Does it light up? Um, yeah, I think it does. Okay. So mm-hmm. there you go. So I have not actually seen one played with one, but it does look cool. And I mean, it's I'm sure it works just as good as any other joystick, Tim. So right. there you go. Okay, I think we will continue on with that. So let's move to Jeff's question here, Tim. Jeff says, help. I have a Miss Pac-Man Galaga that keeps moving the letters to the bottom right at a curve down. For instance, the front bleeds toward the bottom right of the machine. This tends to move quite a bit through play. I have adjusted multiple knobs, but I want to stop just guessing. What should I be turning? The horizontal size or hold or the vertical size or hold? Any help would be great. Now, Tim, from from Jeff's description here, it kind of sounds like to me he's getting some monitor curl. Yeah. You kind of get that? That's that... what uh, I first thought when I read that. that right. It sounded like that. The only thing it says a Miss Pac Galaga, right. that's a newer, if it's the reunion, right. but it could be a, a 60 and one or it something. Could have been a, it could have been that somebody took it out and p- either put a different monitor right. in that cabinet or took the board and put it in. If it know, was an cabinet. original 
Pac-Man or Galaga, that'd be my first thought because sure. it probably has a Geo Seven, right? Which has a sync problem and and fix. Uh, some of that you you just what's happening is starting to you get this fold over. I think you show a slide a picture. Well, of I, it, I have that? a picture of the curl, but I mean we also uh, like what you're talking about. You'll get like the vertical lines, kind of like the vertical fold over that yeah. we get. It's very common, of course. Uh, cap kit issue, Tim, as we've talked yeah. about in the past. And we have had issues. You sometimes can adjust it out, so you by all means try to. But most of the time, you're going to go ahead and do a cap kit, and if it is a Geo Seven. Uh, we'll link to this, a, a sync fix that uh, Bob Roberts had on his site works great. We fix a many of one like that. But uh, the monitor itself, uh, you could be just have a, the B plus voltage could be off. So there's a, I would try definitely to adjust it first. Check your holds and your vertical and your horizontal both. Because it's kind of like, it's kind of like pulling against itself, I guess is the best way to say. It's like if you took... You pull this way, and I pull that way. It'd be hard to pull straight. It would kind of skew, and that's kind of what's hap- happens a lot of times when it's kind of folding over like that. Okay, so uh, so your horizontal and your vertical are kind of competing with each other. A lot of times, that's a problem with your capacitors, or you need the sync fix that we're going to show. But overall, you think that adjusting it first is is the first thing to always try. I have uh, I have seen many of those that just can be adjusted out just by either adjusting one, the either the whole the horizontal or the vertical sync. Sometimes will do that. There you go. Okay. Or the whole. There you go. So let's go ahead and throw this up here, Tim. From your description, it sounds like you're experiencing some sort of monitor curl or maybe fold over issue, like uh-huh. you mentioned, Tim. Uh, we found that adjusting horizontal vertical sync. And or hold. And Tim, the reason why we say sync and or hold is because some people call it sync. Right. Some people call it hold. Some people have a hold and sync right. on the monitor. So it really depends on which monitor you have as to whether or not you have a hold or sync. We really haven't seen size mess with it too much. But if you do have fold over and you adjust the size smaller, a lot of times the fold over will go away. Right. But you're left with a shrunken screen. So that's exactly. something to keep in mind, which is which usually means you need a cap kit installed. Now, again, mantra uh, curl and foldover can also be incorrect B-plus voltage. So if you know what the B-plus voltage is supposed to be on the chassis, check it. Make sure that you're getting that. And, Tim, there are forums and things where you can find. Just identify your monitor chassis, and you can find what the B-plus voltage should be on yours. On a lot of monitors, it's one. It's like 110 to 130 or something like that. Uh-huh. Volts AC. So, I mean, it just depends on what you're looking for. So, I mean, you know, but B-plus voltage could, if it's incorrect, can definitely make some differences in your picture. Now, if you have an Electro Home Geo 7, like Tim mentioned, there's a sync mod that you can do that will help with the monitor curl, and Tim, we did link to it. It's right there. You'll see the link, and you'll also see it down below in the show notes. And so if you if you do have a Geo 7, and Tim, you can find that out by going to the What's My Monitor page on Bob Roberts. Right. He has pictures of every, um, of every different chassis. And so if you have a Geo 7, it may be worth installing the sync mod on because tim the thing we found is that all of these miss pac-man galagas that people are talking about some of these are just really cleverly disguised multi-cades with yes. 16 and one boards and some of them are actually reunion pc or reunion ones and so it's hard to know what you have without seeing an inside pick or seeing your board or seeing you know all of the different stuff um tim i have seen some really well done miss pac-man galaga style cabinets that were 16 and one boards in old in old arcade cabinets right. so i mean it, it could be that and if that's the case then you may need to install the sync mod on your on your monitor but uh tim do you have anything else here for jeff before we move on no i think that answers his question uh we would like to know what kind of monitor you have maybe we could help you with some specifics if we knew that right exactly so if you get back with us with your chassis or whatever then please uh, you know 
please do that and we can give you more information about your issue. But um, hopefully we've given you a couple things to think about that will help you fix your monitor. And Tim, like we were talking, if you're getting the vertical lines, um, which is something I really didn't mention in the slide, but if you're getting the vertical lines as well, some vertical fold over, it's time for a cap kit. Go ahead and install it. You'll be glad you did. Yeah. So there we go. Okay, Tim, I'm going to check the, um, I'm going to go ahead and check the, uh, let's see, the live chat. It looks like we're caught up, Tim. Okay. We're all good. So with that said, we will go ahead and move on to our next question from Jake. Jake says, I recently purchased a Hydro Thunder sit-down arcade game. The tube is dim. It is becoming hard to see to play correctly. I am trying to figure out a couple of things. Is it possible to put like a computer monitor or a flat screen in place of the original tube? Can I just try finding a new tube or computer board for it? This, see picture, is what I found when I look at the back. And Tim, um, you probably know what that is just as well as I do. It looks like a neck board, yes. if I had to guess. Um, I, you can actually see the neck of the tube just a little bit there. But Tim, unfortunately, that doesn't tell us a whole lot about the monitor. Um, but it does at least give us a picture of a neckboard. It's neck like board. a D9200, like a digital monitor. Could be. I mean, uh, you know, especially with the D-series, you see a, a pretty big neckboard, yes. something you don't see with analog monitors typically. So it could be more of a digital monitor. Hard to tell for sure right? Uh, based on the picture, but um, I think that's a really good guess, Tim. But, I mean, the, the thing here is that he's saying his tube is dim. Now, Tim, talking about the D9200, this is a Hydro Thunder. So right. with that in mind, that probably means that that's about the right era for yes. a D9200 or a, a digital Wells Garner monitor for that matter. Uh -huh. But the biggest thing here that Jake's having is a dim screen. So what would you recommend for Jake's dim screen? Well, if it is the digital monitor, there is some screens you can go to and turn up the brightness and things because uh, you might not have that uh, just on your remote board or like an old school monitor where you have a brightness knob. Sure. You might have to go into the menu and do that. Um, so I would highly recommend that. If it is more of an older school monitor like a K7000, then you there are some adjustments that can be done. Uh, if you find your flyback, you can turn up the brightness there. That might help some. But um, it's probably time to go ahead and do a cap kit or to rebuild it. And that's what we're always going to recommend. I know he asked, can you put a computer monitor? Yeah, you can put a computer uh, monitor in there. You're going to have to get some kind of converter board. You could replace it with uh, a newer chassis or something. But we're always going to recommend, especially since sometimes he's done anything to it yet, be surprised how good a new fresh cap kit would really bring up the brightness back and a lot of those colors back. Absolutely, Tim. And now one thing he did mention, though, he does ask the question, like, could he put a computer monitor in it's there? It's possible. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and... You can um, put a new LCD in there. Sure. But again, we're going to recommend that he buy an arcade style, not just buy one at Walmart or something that he does buy... Uh, in fact, it looks great with the LCD in there. Right. Um, One of the I'll, few cabinets that actually, I mean, if you mount it right, it actually does look mm -hmm. fairly and good. And they sell a, uh, the tw so 26-inch wide, and they sell a bezel for it, Hap does. I've got it over and here. Everything. And so <laughs> I've got one over here. It looks really looks good really nice. in that game. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, especially that game. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to go ahead and throw this up here, Tim. Now, this is the picture of the neck board they showed us. So I uh -huh. just threw it up here just to show people. But yes, it is possible to install a computer monitor or flat screen in your Hydro Thunder. If you buy a computer monitor, you'll need a converter board, Tim, which we talked about before. If you buy an arcade-compatible LCD, it should be plug-and-play. And like Tim mentioned, the 26-inch is made to fit that cabinet. Right. And so it is expensive. We understand that, but it does fit that cabinet. It has a whole mounting kit, comes with the bezel, and it's very easy to install. We highly recommend getting that kit just yeah. because it'll make your life tons easier. 
Um, yes, you can get a new chassis or tube for it, but it's not always easy to find a new chassis or tube. And Tim, um, brightness issues, while they can be tube related, the vast majority of the time are usually related to the chassis, yes. like we've talked about. So, um, you know, if it is a chassis issue, it's probably just best to rebuild it. Because here's the thing, Tim, it's working. Right. Okay, it may be dim, but it's working, which means that probably with some tweaks, maybe a little bit of like a cap kit, a little bit of work on the chassis, we can get it 100% working. So try the adjustments first, and then if those don't work, you may start veering into more cap kit, flyback, rebuild type things to see if you can get it going. And like Tim mentioned, if this is a digital monitor, a lot of the brightness adjustments are going to be on the OSD, on-screen display. And so there's usually a little... um, breakout board that has all the menu options on it and you'll have to cycle through those in order to find the different settings that you're looking for tim anything no. else for jake before we move on no i don't think so we okay. do got a little chatter going on yeah i'm about to move over, over there. there but thank you jake for your question and and good luck fixing that hydro thunder arcade tim hydro thunder is one of my favorites i'm oh, looking it. for a stand-up hydro thunder i would love to have one oh. i don't have enough room for a sit down <laughs> anywhere but i'd love to have a stand-up so at some point i'm going to find one i had I almost bought one one time, and then, like, the day before I was supposed to go pick it up, my car broke down. I had to spend money on that instead. So, ever Ah. since then, I have not had a lead on a stand-up Hydro Thunder. But one of these days, I'm going to get one. So, there we go. So, Jake, hopefully answers your question. Good luck getting that Hydro Thunder monitor bright and shiny once again. Is shiny okay? Yes. Okay, good. Okay, here we go. YouTube Punk says, YouTube didn't notify me about the show. What? We're getting stifled. Yes. You see this? It's a conspiracy. It's a a conspiracy, Tim. You know what I'm saying? (coughs) But anyway, so sorry about that, YouTube Punk. We are we don't really control YouTube, unfortunately. Um, And we're a a, we're a small fish in a very big (laughs) pond. So unfortunately, we have no control over that. I wish we did. Uh, So, but sorry, you're here now. That's all that matters. Uh, Let's see. Jack sixty four says greetings from Puerto Rico. Longtime fan who um, finally took the leap, bought a lot of of thirty cabs. Wow. Bought a lot of 30 cabs, most of which need fixing, and 50 boards, 60 Neo, Neo Geo cards. Tim, this nice. sounds like it came from overseas or something. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty large um, lot there. Deal was dirt cheap. I'm still a beginner on troubleshooting, but hopefully one day I will have them all working well, and we hope the same for you. Right. We hope that one day you have them well, that's all working well. a great find. Well. Exactly. So when you get one working, post it. Let us know that you got it working, and we'll ring the bell or do something. That's a, <laughs> What a reference. We haven't rang the bell in a long time. We haven't rung the bell in a long time. I know. So there you go. Uh, Tim, I probably have that somewhere. I'll look for it. <laughs> but any, that's right. Ring the bell. Uh, Danny says, I'm getting ready to build a four-player pedestal arcade cabinet. What would be the best height for it, if any suggestions? So a four-player pedestal. Um... So the ones that we have, Tim, they sit about at the three foot mark. Yeah, I want to say um, this for the it, height. If you're building it from scratch, however Build it tall, to your height. yeah, whatever you're comfortable with, and you may just kind of play around with that a little bit to maybe take a stool or set it the counter at your at the house or something and see what. But you know, if it's your game, you can probably custom do it. I would say about three foot is pretty standard. I was about to say. So if you look at, hey, I'm just looking around the game room here. Tape oh, measure hang only, on. But. Sorry, I had a little blurriness there. But um, just looking around the game room, most of the arcade cabinets that I have are six feet tall, uh-huh. and the control panels are almost right at the halfway point. Yeah. I mean, and so it's the vast majority of them are almost all at the same height. 
and so you do have some that are a little higher um kind of like the police trainer here's a little bit higher but most of them are almost like right at that three foot maybe a little bit higher maybe a little bit of like a six inch up or down on that depending on the game but um i mean i like the question it's just you know and uh we're not trying to be, but I guess you know. If you look at Donkey Kong, is a lot different, lot smaller. It's right. always been a little lower. When you look at Williams games, though, yeah, Tim, they're, they're a little bit higher. And classic games tend to be a little bit higher. I've noticed. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just because, uh, you know, it, like the way you know, yeah, Williams games are higher, whatever the case may be. Look so, around here. Yeah. So some of the Williams <laughs> games are a little bit higher, but um, but for the most part, I think three foot. It's kind of like the normal spot for them. Like, if I walk up to a game, I'm about six feet, it hits me right in the belt. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty, you know, pretty close, I'd say. So, three-foot mark, somewhere around there. But like Tim mentioned, I mean, just build it to your comfort height. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, I mean, you may build it a little higher if you're comfortable doing that. And everybody else can use a step stool, Tim. Right. <laughs> so, right. that'll be fine. That's how totally is. Exactly. So, hopefully it answers your question, Danny. And uh, good luck building that pedestal. Pedestal cabinets are really cool, and they've become very popular, Tim, because you can mount like an LCD TV to the wall right. and then just run the cables to the pedestal. It's basically like a cheap version of a showcase cabinet, I yes. guess you could say. Um, but I think I think it works really well. And the pedestal is a lot easier to build than a full cabinet. I so, I mean, I think it's a really great uh, project for you. Uh, and hopefully, when you do build it, we definitely want to see what it looks like. So send us over some pics as well. Uh, let's see. YouTube Punk says Jack64 is going to be very busy. And I, I agree. He's going to be a very busy person. He says, um, I'm just cleaning them. Takes forever. Um, they were all stored in a warehouse for 10 years. Oh, 10 wow. 10 plus years. And Tim, um, we don't see as many warehouse finds as we no, used to. No, not a long time. But um, they're still around if you look around. So, Okay, Tim. Let us move on here to Michael. And Michael says... How are you today? We're good, Michael. There you go. I have a quick question. I just purchased a junior Pac-Man machine that's been sitting quite a while. It looks like it was a Pac-Man machine originally. When I try to fire it up, all I get is humming noise, no neck glow, just a humming noise. Anyway, I'm thinking of just starting from scratch and just putting a Jamma harness in. Uh, do you know if the Pac-Man Miss Pac-Man 2 Jamma adapter will work for me, or should I just redo the whole machine? If I should start from scratch, what do you recommend I use for parts? Thank you for your time. And Tim, he did send over two uh, quick pictures of it. Okay. And as you can see, it was it a is, Pac-Man. It is a Pac-Man that was converted to a junior Pac-Man. Tim, you used to have we one like had this. We had just a game just like that. Exactly. We had one that had been converted like that as well. And so, Tim, this is a conversion junior pack, not a dedicated one. Which right. Is, which is a, there's a difference between the two. Right. And so, uh, with that in mind, Tim, I mean, he wants he's really wanting to kind of convert to JAMA, but what he wants to know is can he use a Pac-Man 2 JAMA adapter with that Junior Pack board in order to play it in his cabinet if he rewires a JAMA? He should be able to sure. because it's the same pinouts. Right. The kit it, version has the same The kit pinouts, version, right? yeah. I believe the dedicated version, the pinouts are a tad bit different Right. if you have a dedicated Junior Pack. But we don't see dedicated Junior Packs hardly ever. Yeah. I may have seen one. Yeah, and like, they have the really big marquee. Big they marquee. Look like a Mappy, Mappy cabinet. Very similar to Mappy, mm -hmm. right? I was about to say the same thing. So I think I've seen have, one. Like I'm thinking back in my memory banks. Maybe one at an auction. Yeah, so, at an auction. But the kit version, Tim, I'm pretty sure has the same pinouts because it was meant to be a quick conversion from Pac-Man. Right. So with that in mind, Tim, you think the adapter will work? I think so. And I, I am with you there. I think so But as the well. problem is, is that we don't necessarily know... That 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 is board is a good board. True, it could be the problem of what he's having. So we really need to diagnose, get it down to what's going on with the current 
board. Just because you put a new switcher and all that, if your board's no good, it still won't work. Exactly. So, you know, you might want to make sure um, before you do all that that your power supply, your fuses, your wiring, uh, the fact that it's just humming, uh, you know, that sounds to me like it could have just a blown fuse or something. So I would really check into that first because you might have a working game with just a little bit of mod or something, then you would have to go and, and rewire everything. That would be pretty difficult. Well, if he, and Tim, what I would say is if he has his heart set on modding it to JAMA, I mean, even if the junior pack board doesn't work, then, you yeah, can always go 16 yeah, Exactly, sure. you can always go that 16 route, and that would be okay. But, um, I mean, for the most part, you're I think you're exactly correct. We do not know if this junior pack man board works right now. Right. We have no idea. And Tim, just based on what he's saying, it does sound more like a power supply issue, so he definitely needs to check that. But... Could be a board issue. We it don't know. Be. And if it's a board issue, and you do all the rewiring and everything, and you hook the adapter up with the board, and it still doesn't work, you're, you're I mean, you're not up a creek at that point, but you kind of did the conversion for no reason, right? I mean, except for to plug a sixty-one in it, okay. And so I think I'm with you. Let's do a little bit more troubleshooting before we just jump to the rewiring, JAMA, and everything like that. But of course, Tim, it's up to Michael and his ultimate decision. But I do kind of, I'm kind of leaning more towards you, where I'd rather have him troubleshoot a little bit more, see if he could get it working, and if he could determine it the board was good and if the board is good then at that point then you do it exactly right. if he wants to do the jam conversion he could say well i have a good working board It'd be easy to do but if it's working at and that working point, then you may just play it and don't worry about exactly. it exactly so. so i mean so there's there's uh, several options here for you michael but we're going to throw up the slide real quick just so you can see here yes a pac-man to miss pac-man uh Two JAMA adapters should work with your Junior Backband board. And Tim, this is assuming, of course, it is the kit version like we talked about. But the problem is that we don't know if the board works or not like you mentioned, Tim. So there's no guarantee that rewiring your cabinet JAMA and using the adapter in the board will get the game working. No guarantee. Right. Okay, until we know that the board works. Instead of jumping straight to the JAMA rewiring, we recommend just troubleshooting it first. Checking power supply, wiring, fuses, etc. See if you can get the game working. And then if you want to rewire JAMA or... You can, or if you just want to use that as a last resort, which is probably what we would do, then you can do that as well. If the board, and here's the thing, Tim, if he goes JAMA and the board doesn't work, you can get a 16-in-1, has Junior Pack on it, right. and it's not like you've lost that much. So, I mean, in a way, there's not you're not losing a lot by doing the JAMA rewire up front, except that, Tim, we like to keep things as original as possible, just personally. So, but Michael, if you wanted to do the conversion to JAMA, I mean, you're really not losing a lot in that. If the board doesn't work, you can buy a 60 and one, you're back up and running. So, Correct. I mean, there's, you know, it's kind of really up to you as the way you want to go. We're more of the kind of people who want to keep everything original. But if you are more of the guy that just wants to rewire JAMA and go that route, then that's fine too. So just yep. whichever way you decide, let us know. And we'd love to hear your story about whichever direction you end up going. So uh, keep us updated and uh, let us know if you have any other questions about uh, whatever you end up doing, if it's troubleshooting or jamma conversion. Hey, I see a big yellow thing over I there. do, too. I see a yellow one. YouTube Punk has sent over $10, Tim. <laughs> Thank you, YouTube He says, Punk. Happy November. What were the last arcade games you guys picked up? So um, let me think here. So the last arcade game that I picked I was about to say. The last arcade game that I picked up, I picked up one, I was going to say the Smelly Soul Edge, but I think I picked up one after that. And I can't remember what it is because I moved one over there. I moved one over to storage recently, and I can't remember which one I moved over there. Um, I wanted to say it was the Stinky Soul Edge, maybe the last <laughs> one, but there may have been one. At, I think there was one after that, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um, or maybe um, no, 
I think that was the last one. So Stinky Soul Edge was my last one. Now, that's not counting arcade one-ups. Right. <laughs> um, I picked up a couple of arcade one-ups. In fact, Tim, I picked one up yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I picked one up yesterday. I picked on um, sale. <laughs> they had a clearance uh, at one of our local stores, Tim, and I picked up the Galaga Galaxian combo for one fifty. So um, I'm probably gonna now, Tim. I am running out of room for arcade one ups, so I'm thinking you need to take that one home with you tonight when you leave. So oh. I don't know if you can cram it into your car or not. But, <laughs> but you may need to take it with you so I can have some room. But um, unfortunately, I think the Stinky Soul Edge was the last one, Tim. You know, we haven't been to auctions in a while. Yeah. And just because we've been busy, and so I mean, I'd love to go to an auction again and, and pick up some stuff. Um, but not, you know what? I bet you won't guess what the last game I picked up was. What was the last game you picked up? A centipede. A centipede that used to be mine. Oh, you <laughs> I bought it, it back. <laughs> oh, you bought it back. Okay, so you do have it again. I yeah, was I do you said you have had it again. again. I'm like, I don't remember you picking it up. I bought it from Matt. Oh wow, well, okay. Matt Carter sold it back to me. There so. you go. So you got your I centipede back. back. Well, mm-hmm. I tell you what, you ever is... do a buyback? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, you get rid of a game, and, and then you're you like, it. I really like, exactly, I missed that game, I want it back, and you just were lucky enough to pick it back up. Yeah, so good so, for you. a buyback. There you go. Buy, buybacks are always good, Tim. Well, it, Probably you, after several years, four yeah, or five years. Yeah, it's been, it's been several years now, but anyway. So, that I mean, how long ago was that now? Uh, it's what? probably been in a year or two. Okay. So, so actually, it needs, um, it quit working, so I got a deal on it. Because it quit working, so now I got to work on it. And I actually got the sixty-one out of my garage yesterday, so now there's a space. That's why <laughs> so you're taking the arcade one up at home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm thinking I need something in my space. There you go. Well, you have the Miss Pac-Man in storage too, right? I do. Yeah, you need it's to still do that. there. You need to do both those. Yeah, but I know. A Miss Pac-Man centipede. That's I mean that's a great combo to have. I'm yep. just saying. So, um, but anyway, so there you go. And yeah, we haven't picked up much lately. Hoping, hoping we can go to um, auction at some point. Because, yeah. like I said, I'm still looking for a stand-up Hydro Thunder. Okay, I'll stand-up remember that Thunder. now. If you're looking for one, or if you find one, let me know. But anyway, so there we go. Um, let's go on here, Tim. Oh, by the way, if you would like to donate to the show, you guys can hit the little dollar sign down below, Tim. There you go. Right, and donate there. Or, uh, Tim, there's a PayPal donation link on our um, on our main channel page now. Up okay. at the top, in the top right corner, there's a PayPal link that you can donate there as well. Nice. So you can do that if you don't want to do it via um, via the YouTube link. But we appreciate all the donations. Thank you, YouTube Punk. Thank you, everybody who's ever donated to us. And uh, please uh, consider it, Tim, because it makes sure that we continue to, to provide you with great live programming. Well... With live programming. <laughs> I shouldn't say great. Um, okay. We continue to provide you with live programming. And you can continue to uh, keep Tim swimming in laptops or whatever it yes. is. Uh, we got your new one. I know. Yeah, I need... so uh, we're going uh, to upgrade uh, Tim here. Uh, Tim had been using a Chromebook. It's your mom. It is my mom. I'll call her back. Okay. My mom's calling. <laughs> live show. There you go. Um, but uh, I'll call her right back. But um, the thing about it is, is that you've been using a Chromebook. Yes. And so Chrome... I'm kind of getting off topic here. Okay. Chromebooks are really great. Unless you want to interface with printers and scanners and some right. other things. Which is kind of the problem I'm having with it. Right. And I need to do some, like, updating a resume, stuff like that. It's, it's not pos- impossible. It's just a little bit harder when you uh, you don't have Excel and Windows. And, I mean, so you're, so Word and stuff like that. So we got you an upgrade to a Windows 10 laptop. And that was all thanks to the great donations to, from everybody here. Thank you, guys. So Tim's going to do that, and we're going to sell the Chromebook. So yeah. um, so look for that on eBay very soon. <laughs> <laughs> One arcade yeah. repair tips used Chromebook. But anyway, um, we thank you guys for your support always. So kind of off topic there. Tim. Well, we do. We one one reason why we bought the laptop was number one is we know at some point I, one of us is not going to be able to be here, but we right. can Skype in and maybe still do a live show exactly. Even if we're in different parts of the country or 
or not at the same, or even at my house instead right, exactly. of here. So yeah, so I mean, eventually we'll probably do remote live shows, which is what that was bought for. And we have a mic set up for Tim and everything, so that he can do one if he needs to remotely. So we don't, because I hate missing live shows. I right. mean, sometimes we have to reschedule just because. You know, like, uh, well, last December we went, to a, we went to a concert. Like, I had a concert on the first Thursday of the month. Right. Like, can't do it all the time. But we we try to be here the first Thursday night of every month. So, okay, Tim, we got to move on here. Now, we got a lot of uh, chatter here. Ray says, hey, guys, I have a Space Invaders Deluxe, and the picture is slightly tilting to the right at the bottom of the screen. The picture is clear and sharp. Any ideas? Um, Tim, we've seen this. If the yoke gets yeah, a little wonky. Yeah, that's what sounds like his yoke got turned or right, exactly. twisted. Or may have got, yeah, the exactly. The convergence rings or something right. on there. Right, so you may try, um, turn the, well, you can adjust it, the yoke with the game on, but you, you got to be very careful, rubber gloves and everything. Um, but you can turn it off and then you may just push the yoke up on the monitor, on the on the tube, uh-huh. and then maybe twist it just a hair to see if it makes a difference in the picture. Yes. And if it does make a difference at that point, then you, you may have to tweak it a little bit more to get it where We you always want. say mark where it is. That way, you lose, you can't because if you get worse, it can right. get worse. Yes, it can. And so at least you can get kind of back to where you were. Well, the nice thing about the yoke is you don't. There's not a lot of play in them typically. Right. So you just get to push them on a little bit. Exactly. More. You may have to just push it up a little bit more. You may have to turn it. Uh-huh. But when you turn it, don't turn it much because I mean right. it usually doesn't have a lot of give in it anyway. But I mean we're talking about ten like less than three degrees. Okay, you know I mean we're very 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 small rotation, um, but it makes a huge difference. A small rotation makes a huge difference in your picture. Okay. So you may actually have to adjust the 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 neck or the um, the yoke on your mind. Yeah, I was thinking more of the convergence rings. If you go to convergence rings, with may them, help as well. Make, make sure and mark them. Right, but I'm they talking are. about the physical yoke. Physical may, yoke itself. Yes, right, exactly. The physical yoke you may have to do as well. So um, you may try now. Convergence can play a part in that. If you um, if you a lot of times if that's the case, you're going to need to adjust all the rings over because yes. it'll it'll basically move the whole picture over. Um, but it really just depends on your setup and everything. So, but try try the yoke, try those convergence strings if you have them on your monitor, um, and see if that will help out that bottom corner of your of your monitor. Uh, let's see. Jason says he's got a Pac-Man Mini here. So there you go. Uh, Diego says, "Hi, question. Every time I turn on the monitor, the picture looks like it's out of sync. If I, uh, like if the horizontal hold is not is not where it should be after five minutes, it looks perfect. Any mm. ideas? Um, so." This happens a lot uh, in times when you may need a cap kit um, because, like, a lot of times it's like maybe the voltage is a little bit too low, uh-huh. and then once the caps kind of get to their full capacity, it lets all of the voltage through and everything kind of does it. So it could be cap kit. Um, could re- be related to the potentiometers themselves, although if that's the case, uh, then a lot of times um, the uh, potentiometer, it won't work off. Like, it still won't work even later, necessarily. Right. And so... Um, but I'm with you. Cap kit normally will solve that. If your voltage is too low, if your hold is not dialed in properly, if your sink is not dialed in properly, those can all cause that. So, um, like, let's say your hold is just a tad bit off. Sometimes mm-hmm. that will cause it to where it looks like like the hold is off, and then when it powers up, it's fine. But it's just because that hold is just out, just right out of range, mm-hmm. just enough out of range to where when the monitor heats up, it's fine. So um, you may need to adjust sink holds, B plus voltage. It may be that. You don't have. It may be that you're right on the bottom edge of the B plus voltage. You may need to tweak it just a hair so that it lets more voltage through up front, so that mm-hmm. way you get it right off the bat. So those are all things that can cause little like hold sink issues like that to arise. So try all those. Hopefully, one of those helps you out. Yeah, that's good, Jonathan. You learned a lot over these years. There you go. <laughs> I was about to say. I think I learned most of it from you. 
the Rexer show. So this was from uh, Tim. This was from Greg earlier, um, the one who was asking about the cabinets that we were doing. Uh-huh. He says, uh, "Have you used an At Games Ultimate yet?" So um, we'll show this here in a minute, Tim. But my wife found one at Sam's when she went shopping. Oh, okay. um, like they actually have them in box. And Tim, I'm going to Sam's tomorrow night for something else, uh-huh. or sometimes. That's right. You took a picture. Right. Yeah, she took a picture. So I'm going to get to go up there and see the box. Okay. I, I don't know if they have one on display or not, but we have not seen it. Seen it. Like, actually, but um, they do have them in stores, which was surprising, to be honest with you. Okay. I didn't think we'd actually see them in stores. But I'd love to take a look at one. I hope when I go tomorrow night, they have one out of the box and on the floor. Okay. But I don't know if they yeah, will or not. Know. So we have not seen one yet. Hoping to see one soon. Silverball Mania. Mr. Silverball Mania says, Hello from the Buckeye State. Have you seen eBay selling cheap new CRT monitor chassis? What is the quality of them? And do you get what you pay for? The quality of them is pretty low. You do get what you pay for. But in a pinch, they work. Yes. So I mean, they we, can. They we bought can like work. three of them, and uh, one of them just seemed to always give problems. One worked great, never any problems, and then one was kind of like, like it just couldn't get get right. Like it always had something wrong with it. So you know, like one out of three for us, just just personally. Right. You're better off fixing your chassis if yeah. it's in a repairable state. I will say that. But if your chassis is not in a repairable state. Then you may be better off buying the universal. I would go with the generic chassis over the generic tube. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, or the, over the the whole new monitor. Yeah, whole new monitor. Yeah, like so, you'd rather just buy if your tube is good, just buy the chassis. You're talking about the the whole new like cheap CRTs from yeah. uh, like China and stuff like right. that, Japan. Yeah, they're they're kind of bad. Um, if you're buying the whole monitor. Now, with that said. You can still get quality 27-inch MacVision monitors, yes. but you can't get 19s. There are 19-inch CRTs out there, but they're terrible quality, like the whole monitor. Um, but the quality we've seen is pretty awful. Yeah. So um, you're better off with a universal chassis over a complete cheap ch- like Japanese monitor replacement. But at the same time, um, you're better rebuild off with rebuilding original. your chassis <laughs> than doing anything. So, But here's the deal. Let's say you're the kind of person who has arcade parties every so often and you have a game go out like the night before because, Tim, that always happens. happens. Exactly, it just happens. Keeping a universal chassis around, not a bad idea. So you can pop it in real quick if you need to. I mean, it may not be, it may not work as well um, as the original chassis, but it'll get you up and running and that's what your guests want anyway. So if it doesn't look as good or whatever, they're not going to care. So anyway, there we go. Uh, let's see. <coughs> Jack64 wanted to ask, what do you guys think about the Universal... Ch- oh, same thing. Okay. Um, so both Mr. Silverball Mania and Jack64 both asked about the um, the Universal Chassis. So another thing about the Universal Chassis, Tim, that we found is that they're not very repairable. So um, they're kind of like, yeah. once they go out, I mean, they can be fixed, but they're... They're heck, they're heck to work on compared to the, some of the original chassis that you have. And so, like, like we said, in a pinch... It's not a bad solution. You can do it, but um, wouldn't recommend it for long-term use. I mean, you can, you know, you can, but um, but for the most part, you're better off rebuilding your monitor chassis that's that's on your tube. So there you go. Okay, are we caught up? Yeah, we are. You okay? <clears throat> Drink. I was about to say this kind of happened uh, <coughs> the last month too. Yeah, allergies. I had to get you the thing. So I want to take a sip too. We're gonna take a break. That's how you know it's real. That's how you know it's real, right there, Tim. But anyway. Okay, let us move on here to Tom. <clears throat> so I'm going to bring this up. And Tim, you're kind of moving in and close. <laughs> it's kind of out of focus sometimes, so that's okay. <clears throat> okay, you okay? Yeah. Okay, oh, here yeah. we go. 
Um, so a question from Tom. So I've got a primal rage cabinet. The screen starts to get crazy, then no picture. I changed the power supply, which brought up the game and it looks great again, but now there's no sound. I ran the sound test. It says it tests fine and the board gives me the green light. Mm. Not sure what to to think. I'm not sure what to think since sound worked before the issue with the old power supply. Mm-hmm. Any ideas? So, uh, Tim, we have Tom here, and he, he's got a Primal Rage, and it went out on him. And so he, he put a new power supply in. It's working fine, but we're not getting the sound now. Okay, right. So, I mean, we're getting picture. Everything's working, but we're not getting the sound. What do you think's going on here? The only thing he mm-hmm. changed, it sounds like, it's the was power the power supply. supply. Right. And that leads us to believe right away that he did not hook up the negative 5 volts. Which uh, I believe Primal Rage, a lot of games kind of in that error uh, require. So you got to hook up the five volts to get the audio to work. Exactly. So, um, Tim, like games like uh, Area 51, for instance. Um, I, Lethal Enforcers. Lethal Enforcers, uh, Cyberball. I remember one time I had this problem on, but there's a lot of games in that era that, like, um, what is that, like that late 90s, mid 90s mm-hmm. era that require the negative 5 volts to be hooked up. And so, the very first thing we'd recommend, Tom, is that you check to make sure that the negative 5 volts is hooked up on the new power supply. Mm-hmm. Now, with that said, it's possible that whenever your power supply took a dump, that it damaged your soundboard. I mean, that is possible. But the fact that you're getting good feedback from the sound test and the right. like sound test is saying everything's okay kind of leads us to believe that it's probably more of a negative five problem. Now, you need to make sure that you didn't unplug the speaker or something like that. I, yeah. mean, you, I mean, things like that happen. But um, since the power supply was the only thing you changed, I'm kind of with Tim here. Negative five volts sounds like probably the issue. So, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and bring up this slide real quick. Make sure that you hooked up the negative 5 volts line to the JAMA harness when you replace the power supply. Some boards, like Primal Rage, must have the negative 5 volts line hooked up for audio to work. Take a look at our post on troubleshooting games with sound issues for more tips on repairing problems like this. Another note about Primal Rage boards, if you're running the speakers through the JAMA harness, you might connect them directly to connector P8 on the soundboard to see if it restores the audio. If so, if so, it could be a connection between the soundboard and the mainboard is broken somewhere. Now, Tim, there is a P8 huh. connector on Primal Rage on the soundboard that routes. There's a connector that hooks that that hooks up to the mainboard okay. and supplies the audio to the JAMA harness. Okay, so if that connector is busted, you may not get sound from the JAMA harness if that's where you're getting the sound at. So make it go so, straight there. Exactly, go straight to the P8 connector. You won't be able to control the volume, right? But you can at least determine that there's a wiring issue somewhere, right? Or a broken trace on the yeah. board, something like that. And so go directly to the source. Go to the P8 connector on the soundboard, and Tim, you can find the pinouts in the manual for that. Okay, they, they've got the schematic. Uh-huh. And so hook up your speaker to there. See if you get sound there. If you're getting sound there, then there must be a problem somewhere on your main board with the way that's all being routed. It could be in the connector to the P8 board. To the main board. It could be in the connector itself, or it could be a broken trace or something on the main board causing that as well. Awesome. So, I mean, those are just some things to think about. Tim, we used to have a primal range. Yeah, we did. So, I mean, at one point, and so um, we actually deconverted it. I don't know, you know, and um, usually I'm not a fan of, um, like, taking something that was, you know, dedicated and making it Uh non-dedicated, but we got the cabinet cheap. And even though it works, nobody was playing Primal Rage anymore because this is how operators think. Nobody's right. playing that game anymore. We're going to put something else in it. And Tim, if you remember, we peeled the side art off of it, which is probably a terrible collector thing to do. And we put a new board and game in it. I can't remember what we put in it. And then we put it back out on route. Maybe so. That's how operators wow, are, guys. I remember, that's 
That's been a minute. Oh, yeah. a minute? Yeah. Like maybe a decade? Yeah. But um, that's how operators are, guys. I mean, you, you, you get something cheap at an auction, but you know Primal Rage isn't going to make you money. You convert something else, put it out on a round, and you're good to go, right? It is yeah. what it is. So, sorry. Um, you know, that's why there's not a dedicated Primal Rage out there. There's one less dedicated Primal Rage because we deconverted one. And I feel bad about it if that makes you feel any better. But whatever we put in it made a whole lot more money than Primal Rage. So, it is what you do as an operator. It's not like so. I remember the monitor always had sync issues. Yeah, I think we, that's I think that's one we ended up blowing the monitor up on. We hooked it up without a um, without an isolation transformer. Wow. Had to replace some diodes. Huh. So it happens, but um, yeah. So don't do that. Isolation transformers <laughs> are really good things. Most <laughs> people don't understand. We learned how what not to do a lot more. Than we yeah. know what to do. Oh yeah. So we we have a whole video on on the diodes on a, a monitor chassis. What do you think that video came yeah, from? Right. <laughs> it happens. If you hook one up with an isolation transformer, there's a there's a, a row of diodes on Wells Garner monitors. You need yeah, to check check, check mm-hmm. them. There you go. So, Tom, hopefully answers your question, and good luck getting the sound restored on your Primal Rage cabinet. Okay, Tim, let's continue on here. Mr. Silverball Mania, the problem I've seen with them uh, on the Universal is that they don't give you the ohm readings for the horizontal vertical windings. So I think that can be a problem because of the range of the ohms. That is correct. Yeah, um, the, ones I, the ones on eBay that I've seen give you the ohm rating, but you need to make sure you measure the ohms on your tube and make sure they're in range. Right. Okay, so the one, the universal ones I've seen give you the ohm rating that they're good through, but you need to check your tube to make sure that your tube is compatible with that ohm range. Right. So, and, I mean, if you don't do that, if you don't check compatibility, then, you know, it, it, it there's no telling if it's going to work or not. I mean, it's kind of a, a you know, crapshoot at that point. But, um, you know... Definitely want to check your tube that you're hooking it up to before you order to make sure that it's within the range of the universal chassis. So there we go. Okay, I think we're caught up. Yes, we're caught up. So, Tim, question from Simon. I've got an original House of the Dead deluxe arcade cabinet. The screen shows blurry images and text. I've tried adjusting everything in the front, like contrast and brightness, and I can't find any dials in the back. Help! (laughs) Now, Tim, if I'm not mistaken, House of the Dead Deluxe is a projection screen. Right. Yeah, I mean, this, so this is the style of projection that um, we we find in things like Wave Runner, um, yes. Brave Firefighters. What are some other games that use that projection screen? I can't even remember at the at the moment. Um, Star Wars Trilogy. Yes, Star Wars Trilogy uh, is a great else? example. And Tim, I think those are either Mitsubishi or Mitsub- Toshiba. Usually Mitsubishi's. Mitsubishi's. So now, Tim, you've worked on a lot of these because you yes. used to have them at Chuck E. Cheese. I remember the Wave Runner. I remember right. the Star Wars Trilogy. Um, I was trying to think of you had a couple of them at one point because before LCDs were cheap enough to put in games, right. projection screens are what these companies used in order to give you that big screen feel daytona the old daytona usa's yes. <laughs> had projection screens in them like the the deluxe units did. right and so tim obviously you've had a lot of experience with projection screens so when you're getting these blurry text blurry images what do you think's going on with the projection well sometimes they just get a lot of dust and stuff in there and just cleaning the lenses will just blow you away on how much better the picture will look you use like a uh, like an eyeglass cleaner or something you clean your uh, your iPads and stuff with us, you can do that very carefully. So, I mean, just basically like alcohol? Yeah, well... With we'll, a very soft cloth? Well, very soft cloth will make an amazing difference, just cleaning it. And trust me, they'll be dusty when you get in there if you've never cleaned them. Uh, but other than that, you kind of have to go into an on-screen kind of programming kind of deal like we talked about earlier. That's kind of where a lot of that really came from. Once you get in there, 
you can adjust the convergence, the sharpness, the brightness, all those things, kind of like a, an old TV. That's what, what it is. It is a TV. Or like those digital arcade monitors that we were talking about, on-screen display. Right. So um, that's where I would head first. Now, uh, having said that, yes, you can recap, rebuild the guns and stuff. There is a flyback uh, on there, um, of, uh, you know, like that. Like it's not really like a flyback. It's, it's kind of like that. Right? It's different. Right. But it's a transformer of some sort. I yeah, it's like trying. a transformer. I'm, flyback's probably not the best term for it because it's not, you don't have a tube. But at the same time, uh, there is some knobs and stuff that you can adjust. But most of them are on screen, and that's what you need to look at. Now, Tim, I sent you uh, this question via text, and you sent uh-huh. back a link. Um, I what I found, though, is when I looked in the House of the Dead Deluxe Manual, uh-huh. it literally has a breakdown of uh-huh. both the Mitsubishi and the Toshiba and how to go through the on-screen menu. Oh, wow. Okay. And so instead of doing the link that you sent me, you I sent actually link. linked, okay. I linked to the manual. And so that's what I'm going to show here, Tim. Uh, we'll go ahead and bring it up. House of the Dead Deluxe originally used a projection screen monitor, so we're assuming that's what you have installed in your cabinet. Many of these monitors have an on-screen menu, or OSD on-screen display, that allows you to gain access to the convergence, sharpness, and other settings, which you should which should help you tweak the picture to your liking. The manual for the game has a lot of great information on how to adjust the convergence on a Mitsubishi and Toshiba, because those were the original models that we found uh, in the cabinet, and there's the manual link, and it's also below in the show description, Tim, so you can go there. Nice. Here's the deal on some of these models he mentioned that the bright he only had the brightness and the contrast on on maybe both these models you need the remote to access the on-screen display okay you can't access it from the the opening in the front right you actually have to have the remote which is in the back right well but you may have to purchase an infrared remote Uh. like it actually shows um the um if you go to the manual, it actually shows the remote for each. Yeah, unit. you need the remote the, control. The physical, just like a TV, like yeah, you like a TV you remote. You need the physical remote control for these units, and so in order to access like the convergence and the sharpness, you may need to purchase an actual remote for it. Yeah, but a lot of them you can get the universal remote and you can program, program it, it and it'll work. There you go. That's what we had to do many times because you're like, oh, where's that stupid remote? We'd have to dig, or we'd find a box full of them. We're like, oh, what? Well, you look for the Mitsubishi one, you know, but. Eventually, we lost one or it just didn't work, and we we got a, just a universal remote and programmed them a few times. Now, the uh, the thing that you mentioned when you did send back the text was that it was probably out of convergence. It seems like that's a common problem with projection screens because uh-huh. of the way those guns are. If the guns don't line up perfectly, yes. then you're going to get kind of like you would get when we adjust the convergence or purity rings on a tube. Exactly. If they don't just if they don't line up perfectly, you get kind of all the different colors shooting you know, a little off, and it, even though, and even though it's not technically blurry, it makes it look, look blurry, blurry. Right, right, exactly, because you're not getting you're a straight overlap, up. right, uh-huh. exactly, and so, you know, if you're not getting the red, green, and blue all overlapped, then you're going to have kind of the shadowing effect, which kind of causes it to look really, really blurry. But you'd be surprised what cleaning a lens would do for those things, too. So cleaning the lens, but also maybe trying to access that on-screen menu. Definitely, you need to do that, because... Um, and and who knows why? Just over time, you got to tweak it some. And when you move them, I'm sure those guns come out of alignment. Oh, They're yeah. probably much more sensitive than what we get with like a tube, because you know, all, in a tube, like I mean, the, the people put you know silicon and things over the convergence rings to make sure they don't move. But I don't know how much play there are in the guns in a projection screen when you move it. You right. Know what I'm saying there may be a little bit more play in there. So. Anyway, so Simon, hopefully answers your question. So uh, try the cleaning, try the adjustments via the on-screen menu, and let us know if you have any success with those.
And I think the next one is our last question, Tim, but we have a couple, we have a, a couple of things here. Uh, Jason says, are we still getting the 40th anniversary Pac-Man Timex watch? We're getting to that in a second. Everybody's getting ahead of us tonight. All right. <laughs> getting ahead of us, guys. We're getting there. We're getting there. We'll get there here in a second. But uh, anyway, Tim, let us do the last question that okay. we have here for tonight. And this is from Scott. Hi there. I have a question for you. I have a sidearms arcade cabinet that's taking up too much space in my garage. Do you know if arcade cabinets like that can be taken apart, stored, and put back together later? I don't see any obvious screws anywhere. I've never taken apart a cabinet, so I'm not sure how to do that. Is it easy enough to remove the power supply, motherboard, monitor, etc.? It is easy enough to remove those. But what about the cabinet itself? Hoping there's a way to do it without destroying it. Now, Tim, this is funny. Because earlier we had Greg who was trying to build cabinets. Right. And here we have Scott who's trying Trying to to tear them down. So um, we've run the whole gamut tonight as far as cabinet work Uh goes. So Scott wants to know if there's an easy way that he can bust apart his sidearms cabinet for storage purposes so it's not taking up so much room in his garage. So what do you think, Tim? Uh, Well, unfortunately, there is no easy way to do that. (laughs) They did not mean for them to come apart. Right. And they're made to withstand a lot of movement and and hauling and uh, stuff. So they're well-built. Cabinets are well put together. In fact, we've tried to take cabinets apart. Uh, Let's say they were water damaged or whatever. And most of the time, I would get frustrated and even trying to be gentle. It ended up breaking or splintering or doing something. Uh, It's funny, though. You might remember my father-in-law one time when he was kind of a new collector he made a cabinet that you could fold up and it would like a suitcase kind of almost. Then he would pop it out and he'd do that. And I thought, why in the world would you build that? You know, he spent a lot of time on it, but he thought it was cool. And I guess uh, as a new collector, it would make sense. Sure. But if you've been around games for a long time, it's just not very practical. It just doesn't work that way. That's just not the... They're not made to be taken apart. They're made to stay together. Because you, if you could take them apart, trust me, you put them at Chuck E. Cheese or at Mr. Gaddy, some kid would take them apart for you. <laughs> That's right. And uh, it's kind of like you ever go to the restroom and the hardware is not a Phillips head screwdriver. Like right. something easy somebody could get in there and mess with because people do that. And so um, if you really want to take the cabinet apart, I mean, you can pull out some nails, but it's stuff stapled and glued. You could use like a rubber hammer and be gentle, but boy, you're going to really be frustrated if you want a perfect cabinet taken all apart. And then you're going to put it back together later. I would just say uh, you need more room. <laughs> now, here's what you, you could know? do now, Tim. This might be controversial. You could take an arcade one up cabinet and pull all the stuff out of it and put one of those. Hey, it's smaller. You could do that. You could do that as well. But yeah. um, obviously, you, you lose the, the full sizeness of the, of the cabinet. But, there, but the simple answer is no. I, there is no easy way to do it. I'm, in fact, um, I can't think of a single cabinet that really comes apart that way that you could literally fold it up and put it in a closet and then bring it back out. Now, um, obviously, the um, the kit cabinets, Tim, like the Holland Computers one, right. That we have um, that we have uh, shown a video on, Tim. That right. one you can, okay. Right. It's all cam locked, right? Okay, so like, so technically, you could do that one. You could, because I mean, and after you install it, you could take the top off, store the top separately, cam, take the cam locks out of all the rest of it, and fold it up. But 
it would still almost be worth not worth the trouble. Yeah, but it I would mean, but it could be done without damaging everything. And Everybody. you could put it back together. But the problem is that like you said, arcade cabinets weren't meant to come apart. Right. Okay, and so it, it just doesn't work very well, unfortunately, for that. And so, Tim, I'm going to bring this up here. I just have an empty cabinet here. But uh, unfortunately, there is no easy way to take apart an arcade cabinet. Most arcade cabinets were shipped to operators fully assembled, Tim. And so they were not designed to be taken apart, nope. like you mentioned. If you really want to take it apart, like Tim mentioned, you can remove all the nails, staples, etc. Use a rubber mallet to separate the panels. You will need to do this very slowly in order to avoid excessive damage to the cabinet. But Tim, I'm telling you right now, you can pretty much expect that you will have some damage. Yeah. Yes, you will have some damage during the process, and that will make reassembling it later tricky. Right. Okay, to say the least. We recommend avoiding this if at all possible. If at all possible. So, um, like I said, <clears throat> just uh, don't don't recommend it at all. No. So. Yeah, I mean, you just, it just, it doesn't work out well. Taking apart cabinets is tough. So anyway, so there we go. Okay, guys. So, um, okay, it sounds good. Tim, hopefully uh, Scott gets the message on that one. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the best way to say it. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it if you can avoid it. Um, you know, just tell your wife she's going to have to park outside. Right. You know? no, <laughs> or maybe you should Nobody uses outside. a coffee table to get rid of it. That's you right. Know. There you go. <laughs> so. There's got to be some kind of furniture kid or something you can get rid of that's right that's right yeah. something else right yeah. there you go so scott hopefully answers your question and if you do decide to take it apart let us know how it goes yeah we want to know so shoot that go. video <laughs> that's right shoot that video there we go okay tim so now we have your tech tip up next but we got a couple of things here in the um in the live chat danny says i got my vapor trx going but another issue i had to go to the board test on the screen and it's saying bad Sound ROM, any suggestions on where I can get one? Um, hobby ROMs will burn you new ROMs based on MAME, on the MAME ROM set. So if you know which sound ROM it is, you can contact Hobby ROMs and, and you know, they may be able to help you out with getting a new one burned, especially if you tell them that you own the board and you're looking for a replacement. Right. Um, as long as MAME has the set that's compatible with your board, they should be able to do it. Yep. So, But you may have to supply that, uh, depending. It, de it just depends, but um, they should be able to burn you one. HobbyROMs.com, Tim. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, TXJYT says, I have a Sunpeak cabinet. I need to move out of my garage. It's just the cabinet that's in fair condition. It's free. Um, you just need to pick it up. He's in Allen, Texas, not far from us, Tim. Oh. So, but you just bought a centipede, so you're out I of the did. running for that. And he does say right. message him here on YouTube if you're interested. So if anybody here is interested in a free centipede right. cabinet, uh, contact uh, TXJYT and have him and hook and have him hook you up. Right. If you posted that on our Facebook page, we definitely have a lot of listeners in the Dallas area. There's also a uh, what? Is, we can send you a link. Maybe the DFW group collecting group. Uh, would definitely somebody would love to have that and absolutely especially it. for free um you know and he look we we're talking about people t tearing up their games out of the garage he's just like i'm gonna get rid of it there right. you go now um it's just the cabinet right, right just the cabinet but i mean you know you could build a mame you could restore it you i mean you got a lot of options there you right. could take the stuff out of the arcade one up and put it in there, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there you yeah. so um there's yeah. a lot of different options to you uh, but uh, hopefully that uh, hope hopefully uh, Tex JYT can uh, can get his uh, Sunpeak cabinet out of his garage because guys we understand what it's like to move cabinets and have to get them out of the, out of you know, out of there. Um, yeah. Tim, we moved our storage building. We can tell right. you better than anybody what it's like to move a lot of cab cabinets yes. and get them out of there. So there you go. So and he says awesome. We'll do thanks, guys. So there you go. And then Danny also says he has a converted Primal Rage cabinet, Tim. Uh -huh. 
Could be ah. ours. <laughs> That's where it went. Interesting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you never know. You never know. But anyway. Now, Tim, we have your tech tip coming up here. And when you sent this to me, I was like, man, this is cool. Yeah. I didn't even know these things existed. I didn't either. And I haven't bought one yet, but uh, we'll go into it when I op- when we talk about the tech tip. I just thought this is something that's that we need to get. This exactly. is something that should be in your toolbox. Okay. So, Tim, without further ado, Tim's tech tip. Here's the slide. Well, I'll give a little background. Uh, one thing that we all, always recommend, uh, if a game is blowing a fuse, we always say, well, get a handful of fuses, and you keep trying to figure out where it goes. Well, you know, that could be expensive, John, especially fuses, and some of them aren't that easy to find. Sure. And what this does, these are t- great tools when troubleshooting blown fuses in both arcade games and pinball machines. Instead of continuously blowing the fuses and wasting money, the circuit will simply trip like a breaker and can continue troubleshooting with a simple click of the button. So push the button in, if I understand it right, and then it trips it, and the button pops out, your game shuts off, you know, oh, it's not this. You pop it back in, it works like a, works like no a breaker. Exactly, no different than like a regular circuit breaker in your breaker box. Exactly. So while you're trying to track it down, it keeps tripping it, well, you're just tripping, tripping, tripping. You're not wasting or blowing a fuse and then, oh, it didn't trip. Now you found it, and then you put the fuse in. Exactly. You place one fuse instead of the 20 that it took me and a whole box full sometimes. So uh, each set, it's a whole set, comes with a circuit breaker for the 3-amp, 5-amp, 7-amp, 10-amp, 15-amp, and a 20-amp, which pretty much will get you, cover you with just about anything you're working on arcade games. Sets can be purchased for $20, which is... Again, shipped. very reasonable. Yeah, shipped in the United States. Shipped. So, and that's for all one, two, three, four, five, six of them. So you get six of those for twenty bucks shipped. You can. Uh, I just thought it was a good deal. So, guys, if you're not familiar with this, and uh, I think that this would be great. I'm not familiar with Troxel Repair, but I think it's an awesome thing to have. And uh, I would like to order some. I think those would be great to have in my toolbox. Well, Tim, it looks like you'll be able to get some because TexJYT just donated $20 to us. Wow. Just like well, there that. there we go. There you go. So you'll be able to get them, right? <laughs> we'll get we, you some. <laughs> maybe we'll get them and, and shoot a video then. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, so, um, but thank you for the donation, uh, TexJYT. And, of course... You guys need to go pick up this cabinet. Somebody contact this man. Take his free cabinet, okay? Yes. <laughs> you will not get free cabinets all the time. This doesn't happen, especially in the DFW area, Tim. Right. I should mention that. I used to live in Allen. I wish we were a little closer. We'd get, we we like free stuff. Absolutely. I used to live in Allen, Tim. I actually went to kindergarten in Allen. You did? Back in the day. So, a long I mean, a long ago. time ago. But um, uh, he's... Uh, uh, TexJYT says, these are great. I bought some at, T- at Texas Pinball Festival last year. Oh, okay. So there you go. So yeah, these things are awesome, guys. And I, did not, I didn't even know about them, Tim, but it sounds like something that is just super helpful because like you said... How many of us have gone through a box of fuses trying to trace down that, you know, that one broken solder joint or whatever the case may be, or that one, like, frayed connection or whatever the case may be? We have a four-player Rabbits of Hollywood game. And trying to figure out which gun or which coin door or which, where the, there's wires everywhere in that thing. We were popping fuses. We just had them. Pop, nope, it's not this one. Nope, pop, nope, popped again. And tracing that down took us a handful of little bitty four amp fuses at about, um, I think they were 60 cents a piece. You know, so 40 fuses or something, you know, we went through. Um, that was a lot of money. And this would be another a great way to keep that from happening. So 
Anyway, guys, tell me what you think. If you have them, and he does, I think that just seems like a great and a simple idea. Absolutely. And we have the link down in the show description, guys, if you guys want to purchase them. And uh, Tim, we'll get a set, too. So yeah. there you go. But uh, let's see. Oh, um, a multimeter with an amp test will work wonderfully also. That's so, true. Yeah, you can do that as well. Um, but, you know, I like, there's something about the trip. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like the trip. Well, because you know exactly at what moment it does. Like, exactly. when a, something happens or when you turn this on or when this happens, then it trips the breaker. You can kind of, it helps you, just like when it blows a fuse, uh, it tells you at what point is the problem that helps right i mean sometimes. you can watch the amps right like if you, well, sure. you can put your thing you could watch the amps go up but i'm not always paying that close of attention to know and <laughs> right. i don't always have i mean i guess you could take the alligator clips clip it on and watch it but you have to be watching it on a lot of meters yeah. they don't like notify you like immediately letting you know oh it tripped you just kind of look at it and you're like oh it's it's more but yes you could you could also use that on your meter as well it's another way to go about it so Okay, Tim. Well, I think that brings us to some discussion section for tonight. Right. And Tim, um, it's been a slow news month. I should say okay. that. I mean, it seems like we've had a lot of um, a lot of different things going on, and with Halloween, and we're getting into the holidays a little bit. But Tim, um, it just there's so many arcade related products, and we're about to talk about a lot of those guys. But there's so many arcade related products coming out, Tim. And one of the things is like we've got Pac-Man's 40th anniversary coming out, and there's all these cross promotions with all these different products. And Tim, it just got me thinking. It's like have we reached peak arcade nostalgia? Okay. Okay. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight with our arcade debate. Have we reached peak arcade nostalgia? Okay. Yes or no? So, I mean, it, can can we go any further with this? <laughs> right. I mean, literally now you can buy miniature, like, three-quarter sized arcade games. That work. Okay, that work <laughs> that you can get at the store that are flat packed and ready to go. You can get arcade socks. You can get arcade shirts. You can get, um, what else can we get, Tim? You can get uh, arcade shot glasses. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, everything. So with all that in mind, the debate topic for tonight, have we reached peak arcade nostalgia? Or Tim, are we still on an upward trajectory? Are we going to see even more? So that's where we are, Tim. And here we are. And our little boxes, like always, that always seems so confining. But, uh, Tim, we're going to take a little reset here, and then we'll get started on our debate for tonight. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Arcade Debate segment for this evening. Now, guys, here's the deal. It seems like everywhere you look, there's a new product that is arcade-related. We've seen arcade socks, arcade shirts, arcade shot glasses, arcade posters, all sorts of different things, three-quarter-sized arcade games, full-size arcade games, available at retail outlets. So, Tim, our debate question for tonight is, have we reached peak arcade nostalgia can we go anywhere else with it at this point is it only downhill from here or do you see the nostalgia continuing onward so tim with that in mind what do you think have we reached peak arcade nostalgia yes or no well i kind of think we have because of the fact that we're not seeing any younger people pick up stuff you see old guys like me getting more junk and eventually our garages are full our wives are already mad at us. If we buy one more thing, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> but if you think that it may be not, but it, to me, it seems like that, um, you know, we've had a good run and it's nice that we've seen some things, but, but we're also getting things like the arcade one-ups that aren't true arcades, even though they do bring back some of the nostalgia. I know what you're talking about, but it does seem like that it's oversold at the moment. And uh, the, the customer eventually, like us, 
is going to run out. I don't know that they're picking up a lot of new new kids, new customers. I don't see any kids going with Pac-Man lunchboxes to school these days. It's just old guys like us setting them up in their game rooms. So here's the deal, Tim. Um, I think that, yes, arcade nostalgia is high, but I don't know if we've reached the peak yet. Okay, so I'm going to say we're not quite there. And I know that we've kind of had this overrun of products and things, but it seems like we're at this really high tipping point, Tim, where everything is just hitting on all cylinders. It seems like every arcade-related product that they're putting out there is selling. And as long as this stuff continues to sell, I think we're going to continue to see new products out. We have Pac-Man's 40th anniversary coming out next year, and it seems like there's going to be so much cross-promotion for that. We're going to see even more products. So I do think that while we may be near the peak, we're not there yet. I think we're going to continue to see more products come out. And Tim, it seems like people are buying them because otherwise we wouldn't have so many products in the stores. Well, if you think of five years ago when Hallmark releases like the Pac-Man ornament, you couldn't get them. And they were sold out. Now, you know, it seems like there's always an overstock and they're not going for quite what they were or the games aren't as much. So that's just one example where, like I said, it was really hot there for a little while. So I don't know. You know, we'll, I guess time will tell. But if we don't start picking up and it doesn't start becoming a cool thing for the younger generation, then, I mean, we'll just keep swapping toys around and I don't know that the that we have enough older generation that can afford to keep putting money in that. Of course, we do have the money because we work hard and we have jobs and we're not sitting on our mom's couch. But at the same time, you know, is there enough? Is there a push to, towards making... And sometimes I've seen retro things come and make cool. I've seen kids wearing uh, styles like we used to wear when we were in school and thinking it was new. Uh, you know, but so you think that, uh, they can reach a bigger audience than they're already reaching? I think they are, Tim, because I mean, like, look at this. I mean, obviously we have, I have a game room, but look at how many people have invested in arcade one up cabinets. Guess what the vast majority of those people who have bought arcade cabinets also have? Kids. Right. And so these kids are going to remember playing these little miniature arcade cabinets in their houses. And I think that's the kind of arcade nostalgia that they're going to have going forward. And so hopefully, once they get a little bit older, they're going to spend some of their money on that because they're going to remember, oh, my dad had one of those. I remember playing that when I was a kid. And so while they may not have the same arcade nostalgia that you and I have of actually going to an arcade, actually playing people, they're going to have the nostalgia of playing a three-quarter size arcade cabinet in their house like the Arcade 1-Up or something similar to that. that, Or Tim, I mean, Chuck E. Cheese is still around. Mr. Gaddy's where you work. There's still arcade games. And, and Tim, you have actual arcade-style games like Teenage Mutant and Ninja Turtles at your location. You have stuff like um, the Rabbids game that you mentioned earlier where, you know, you're, you're playing. And while this generation may not appreciate the same games we appreciated, I still think that going forward when they get of age, they're going to want to invest some of their money into arcade games as well. Tim, I'm going to go ahead and give you the last word. What do you say to wrap this up? Well, by all means, I hope we're right. I hope that we haven't crested. It just, you know, anytime the market, just stuff comes in waves and you see the wave cresting and then, you know, now that we're seeing uh, arcade one-ups and things at Sam's, and uh, I think the 40th anniversary will help. And I think that's something that we'll definitely be celebrating uh, and talking about some. But for the general public, I'm just, I'm worried that the market's a little saturated. I see a lot of toys for sale, just like I see a lot of arcade one-ups. But I also see them at clearance because they're not buying, uh, they're not being bought as quickly as maybe they'd hope. 
But we'll see. Time will tell. Now, I will say something real quick just to wrap up on the Arcade 1-Up. I did see an interview with the CEO of Arcade 1-Up, and one of the things he said was that, you know, uh, we have a manufacturer-suggested retail price. We do not control what retailers sell our product for um you know the thing is is that if they want to sell them you know most of them at retail pricing and then clearance out the last like 10 percent of them at clearance pricing then i mean we don't have control over that they're allowed to do whatever they want to do and so in in most cases where we're seeing these clearances, it may just be because the retailer is trying to move that last 10 percent they've already sold everything up to that point they're just trying to move that last 10 percent out but anyway tim well you never see iphones discounted like that no, no, <laughs> you, no, no, iphones are a little bit different because they have contracts attached to them but ipads you do yeah Yeah, you'll see ipads all the time they're discounted because ipad doesn't have necessarily a contract like you have with a wireless plan associated with it so you do see it with ipads you see it with apple products sometimes where um you know it is actually discounted you see it with a lot of both stuff i mean both stuff when i worked retail was not allowed to be discounted but now you see more of that um because when retailers buy this stuff i mean a lot of times they need to get rid of it to put more stuff on and they'll clearance them out at certain prices and so it happens tim but i do get your point about there maybe being oversaturation of it maybe maybe these retailers are buying too much of it that could be part of it but i don't if it wasn't moving at all they wouldn't buy it at all and i think that's really what it comes down to so what do you say guys give us your feedback remember if you're watching this on facebook you can leave a comment in the comment section below if you're watching this on twitter uh just go ahead and uh, hit us up with a reply send us an email guys at questionsarcaderepairtips.com let us know your opinion have we reached arcade peak arcade nostalgia and we'll see you next time for the arcade debate. Thank you again for joining us and good night. Okay, we're done. There you All go. Right. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, like I said, time will tell. I mean, definitely there's a resurgence of things, which is cool. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? We're going to the store and seeing Pac-Man games. Exactly. You can go that... and you can buy arcade-related stuff. You can literally go buy an arcade cabinet. Remember when you couldn't have found a shirt anywhere? Now they're at Walmart and Target and everywhere, Hot Topic, things like that. You can always find the retro kind of shirt. So Now, here's the deal, guys, is that, kind of like Tim mentioned, though, it's peaks and valleys. I mean, yeah. you know, at the um, beginning of the 2000s, 80 stuff was eat. It was hard to come by, but it was cheap when you found it. So like right. arcade games were cheaper in the early 2000s because the demand wasn't there. But now, you know, fast forward to like 2015, Tim, and then all of a sudden we're at peak. Where we've kind of got we've been on this upward nostalgia curve, if you will. Where that's going to crest and come down, I'm not sure. I mean, that's the question. Um, but you know, just everything comes in waves like that, like you mentioned, Tim. And so at some point it will crest and the demand will go back down and we'll kind of hit another valley and you'll see arcade went up some for cheap and people get them out of their houses and stuff like that. So, I mean, we're going to, it's going to happen eventually at what point don't know, but that's how cycles work, right, Tim? That's the way it works. It's the way it works. So, uh, anyway, so let us know what you think. Have we reached peak arcade nostalgia? Yes or no. And Tim, we're going to go ahead and talk about some some of the products right. that are available right now. Right here and, in town. Uh, and here's one, Tim, we had a, a post on Facebook about. The At Game Legends Ultimate Cabinet and the Arcade 1-Up Pac-Man Cocktail are now available in retail stores. Tim, my wife went to Sam's to pick up some just stuff for mm-hmm. us. And she snipped some or snapped some pictures of both the Legends Ultimate and the Pac-Man Cocktail. Nice. Um, I'll be making a trip to Sam's, like I mentioned, uh, sometime this weekend. So I'll get to see some of this stuff. But um, both these, I think the pricing on both these are 500 449 on the cocktail, 500 on the Legends Ultimate. Not bad. I do not know if this is the full-size Legends Ultimate or if this is the three-quarter size because they do have two different ones. I think this may be the three-quarter size. Looks like it. Yeah, it may not be the full size, but they don't have a display model out, so it's hard to tell. Is it already put together? That's a good question. The way the box is, 
It almost yes. makes you think that. Exactly. So you may not have to do assembly on it, which would be pretty oh, cool if nice. you didn't have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but because, you know, obviously with the arcade one up, there, there is some assembly. But here's the deal. There's a lot to be said about opening something on Christmas and just taking it out of the box and plugging it in. Yeah. Just saying. So, but they are available. Now, Tim, a lot of um, people were saying you're not going to see these at retail locations. Look, we are in a small podunk right. town in <laughs> East Texas, and these are at our local Sam's Club. You're going to see these at retail locations. I think so. Okay, so they are available. Um, check your local Sam's, I Costco's. Seen the, ain't seen the Miss Pac-Man one yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a different thing. We talked about that in the last live show. Right. You're not going to see that one for a while. But anyway, but you, you can, uh, if you check these out uh, in your place, let us know what you, you guys think if you end up buying one. Love to hear some opinions on either one of those. The so, stools, too, are for sale? Yeah, I think that's a kit. For 4 49 I think you, you get, get the, the stool and the cocktail. It's not too bad. No, it's not. Now, here's the deal. It's a 17-inch screen, I yeah. think, which is smaller than what you get with, like, a, you know, like with a, a, a cocktail cocktail. Most cocktails have 19 inches, you know, that we build. And here's the thing. four forty nine. dollars um, what's the kit from Holland Computers cost? 700 yeah i think it's 700 so i mean the holland computers kit's obviously a better kit overall mm-hmm. but for what you're getting here and the price and the stools included. and the stool and everything <laughs> it's not bad it's not too bad not bad so i mean i think if you wanted a cocktail and you're looking for one it'd be a good deal for you so and we may see clearances after yeah. christmas so always something to keep on in mind so, Tim, here's something else that was announced. This is the Dragon's Lair Replicade. And right that now it's on cool. pre-sale for um, $90 if you go to um, the Kickstarter page, plus shipping. But uh, if you guys aren't familiar with the Replicade-style cabinets, they're 12 inch, inches tall, so basically a foot tall. Now, this one here plays and controls like the original 1983 Dragon's Lair arcade machine. comes with a working second screen scoreboard. So, there's a screen up at the top, just... You know, right. before you had the LED scoring up there, but there's a screen at, at the top that basically simulates the LEDs, the LED scoring, oh, cool. which is pretty darn cool. Um, and it also comes and with mini um, laser display, yeah, an arcade <laughs> accurate controls and sound, and a mini laser display in the rear storage compartment. That's so just like cool. the original, ninety dollars plus shipping for a limited time. A pretty cool, a pretty cool little item to have around. And Tim. Um, they made a Street Fighter one. They made a Centipede one. I was trying to think of some other ones that they made. Tempest one, I think. Nice. So they've got several of these, but they um, the quality on these is great, I've heard. So if you're into that kind of thing, definitely something to look at. And then, Tim, this is what somebody mentioned earlier, the Pac-Man um, Timex um, watch, which looks pretty right. cool. This is the Indiglo-style watch, Tim, if you're right. familiar with that. But um, we're going to see a lot of Pac-Man... Um, and Pac-Man being branded with certain brands over the next year because of the 40th anniversary of Pac-Man so, um, in 2020. So um, you can see the link to the Timex watch, Tim. But we're also going to have a uh, Pac-Man champion sports apparel that will be available as well. And so you're going to be able to find more arcade-related stuff than ever before because of this. So, so maybe we haven't peaked. Exactly. So maybe we haven't peaked yet. Maybe it'll be next year. Uh, but um, the Timex watch, Tim, to me, looks really cool. Now, I know all uh, it is is a bezel. Okay? That's all it is. I mean, look at it. It's a bezel. But still, doesn't it look cool? I'm just saying. It does. So it, it looks... It's not a playable Classy game. and retro. Exactly. Classy and retro is what I would say. So, um, And I'm looking forward to what they come out with in the sports apparel line and exactly how all that's going to work. They've announced several other brand... Um, brands participating in the 40th anniversary on their website pacman.com so you can get more updates there okay tim i I mean i covered all that really quick now one thing i did want to mention for our uh, everybody who's either in europe or australia is that the capcom home arcade came or is coming out tomorrow 
And what it is, Tim, is it's a plug-and-play two-player joystick. And mm-hmm. you've probably seen it. It's made like the Capcom logo. Yes. Apparently, right now, it's only going to be available in Europe and Australia. Okay. And the um, the price is 200 euros, which okay. is pretty hefty. I think it's a $300 price tag here or something like that. I don't know what the conversion rate is at the moment. But um, it's pretty pricey. But it does do on. It has Wi-Fi. It does online uh, scoring. So it uploads your scores to like a scoreboard and everything. So it does some cool things outside of just playing the games. Um, but that's another thing that's coming out Tim, oh, wow. that, that people are looking at. So there's, I mean, there's been so many things just, it seems like coming out arcade related things. And, um, it's just amazing to me how, how much of this stuff is out there. Um, before we wrap up here, we got, uh, TexJYT. Do you guys think that the one-up stuff is lowering the price of original arcade games or making them grow in price as people start with one-ups then want a real arcade later? Great question. Yeah. Um, so... I think it's tough. I think for most people, the arcade one-up scratch the itch, if that makes sense. Right. I think for most people, having an arcade one-up is just as good for them as having a real arcade cabinet. Right, but that's not your normal buyer anyway. Sure. So I, I see it as collectors are still uh, looking for the real original, and everybody knows that's a new game. It's just like saying, okay, there's a new car come out. It's a lot cheaper but everybody would still rather have the Porsche, the eighty-five Porsche, sure. not the, you know, the 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 nine, uh, the twenty nineteen version of the eighty-five. Right. Porsche yeah. Or exactly. Or or even a cheap, really a cheaper model that looks cool, like a right. Kia or something that sure. sporty. But at the same time, you'd much rather have the classic. I think we're. So I think the prices are just staying steady because of the the supply. It's right, not exactly. going up. Yeah, I think it has more to do with supply. Fact is going down. Yeah. So like, if we look at, um, I think a great example of this is the Star Wars arcade right. one up. If if uh, we see the Star Wars prices go up uh, from the release of the arcade one up, then I think that'll say that it's probably it, that it does increase the demand. But I have a feeling what's going to happen is that the prices are going to stay the same, like you probably. mentioned, and just and that's just because of the rarity of the Star Wars arcade cabinets. We're probably still going to see them around that two thousand dollar mark, just because supply and demand um but i don't think arcade one up really for somebody who wants the actual cabinet they're going to get the actual cabinet but i think for most people the arcade one up version is good enough and yep. that's what it comes down to so i think most of the people who are buying arcade one ups are people who probably would never own full-size arcade cabinets i hope they do i mean i hope some of those people transition but i think there's not going to be a whole lot of people transitioning it's going to be more about once i have an arcade up one up version that's good enough for me yeah kind of thing so there you go uh, Jason says nostalgia will lull some in uh, uh, some until the 50th anniversary. Everything early 80s is going to be huge in just 10 short years. Yeah, 50 years, right? Yeah. So maybe. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Mm. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see. We'll see, Jason. We'll see if your prediction comes true. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Okay, Tim, you ready to wrap this up? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so we want to remind everybody that we want your arcade-related videos. Uh, if you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. Send us a link to your video at questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure you put in a plug for your channel so people will know where to find you. We look forward to your submissions. Oh, um, TextJYT um, came back with the euro to um, to um, US dollar conversion. It's two dollar. It's two hundred and twenty dollars US for two hundred euros right now. Okay. So the conversion is actually way more favorable than than I thought it was. Oh yeah. That's not bad. It's still kind of pricey for what that is. I want to say that it's kind of it's kind of an expensive piece. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's cool looking and everything, but for two hundred two hundred twenty dollars, still kind of expensive. 
Yeah, maybe so. So there you go. Um, so let me continue on here, Tim. Uh, let us go ahead and give the contact information out. We have our general email, questions at arcaderepairtips.com, questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Make sure you put live show in the subject to get a mention on the show. Um, and Tim, sometimes we just pick random questions to put on the live show as well. So if we pick your question, we will let you know so you can watch. But if you want to send your questions in, send them there, questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Tim, most of the people who are watching this are on our YouTube page, but if you're not, you can go to youtube.arcaderepairtips.com and comments from the last live show will be covered on the next episode, Tim. That's usually how we do it. So again, youtube.arcaderepairtips.com to watch the live show. You can watch it live. You can watch it archived. Um, we have all of the live show episodes there, so if you want to catch up, this is number 33, right, Tim? Isn't yep. that what we said at the beginning? So if you want to catch up on the other 32 episodes <laughs> that we've had, actually 33, Tim, because we did one twice, but uh, if you want to catch up on those, you can also catch up on them on our YouTube page as well, youtube.arcaderpairtips.com. Tim, we have the podcast, and uh, Tim, you know, we're still copying the live show audio to the podcast feed, so if you are listening to this, thank you for listening, but hopefully Eric and Rusty will be back hosting the podcast soon, and you can contact them at podcast.arcaderpairtips.com. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, itunes.arcaderpairtips.com to subscribe on iTunes, stitcher.arcaderpairtips.com to subscribe on Stitcher. And Tim, we are also on Spotify. So if you're oh. a Spotify user, you can also look up our podcasts there. Uh, just search for Arcade Repair Tips QA Podcast. You'll find it there. And then, Tim, we have our social media pages. We have our Facebook page at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com. We want to thank Mark and Louie for all of the great content that they post there. It's some great stuff. We hope that you guys enjoy it. Tim, we're always keeping you up to date on the latest Arcade news. And so if you want to know what's going on, make sure you... You sign up at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com. If you're not a Facebook fan, uh, you can always uh, follow us on Twitter at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com or just at Arcade Repair. That is our handle on Twitter. So twitter.arcaderepairtips.com or at Arcade Repair. So there we go. So, Tim, I think that about covers it. Now, um, if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, we only post the regular live show audio there. We do not post the after show audio. So, Tim, for those who may not be joining us for the after show, what do we have coming up for that next? Uh, well, we're going to be talking about some sports, some TVs and movies and things that we've been watching. And uh, I don't know. What else we got, Jonathan? Just maybe some Thanksgiving plans? Yeah, maybe some Thanksgiving. Fancy football and how bad you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe some other things as well. Um, we'll talk about World Series. Yeah. Because we haven't really talked about the World Series since then. Um, but we'll talk about a couple other things, just non-related arcade topics. So if you want to stay... Uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, you can go to YouTube, check out the after show, just fast forward past the main part of the show and you can get there. Or if you're watching this live or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can just wait about, I don't know, five minutes and we'll come right back with the after show. Right. Um, again, after show, no topics off limits. So if you have any other questions, arcade related or not, we'll be happy to take them during that time. But let's go ahead and sign off for the regular show, Tim. Anything else you want to say before we head out? Nope. Thanks for watching. We'll, I hope everybody's going to have a great Thanksgiving. Exactly. So we hope you have a great Thanksgiving, guys. We, we won't talk to you until uh, the first Thursday in December. So uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Tim, short shopping season this year because of a late Thanksgiving. So make sure you're out there shopping the deals. We'll be posting some deals on the Facebook and Twitter feeds, I'm sure. So if you're looking for arcade-related goodies for your family and friends, make sure that you stay tuned there as well. But Tim, we're wrapping up the normal show here. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. And remember here at Arcade Repair Tips, when you fix the game, you you play play the the game. game. Take care, everybody. We'll either see you next week or in the after show. We'll see you later. Bye.
you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.